0: You know, Steve, as you and most of our listeners know, I play the gortar. That's I like right. To pick up that gortar and strum on it and pick on it and stuff. But there's times that I kind of wish that I didn't, and I sort of wish that I played something a little bit more sultry, like a saxophone,
1: right? Oh, yeah.
0: Grab that thing, do some saxophone, and maybe that'd be cool. Because see, here's the thing: if I played the saxophone and I was putting out records, I would have a lot of fun with those titles, right? Right. Yeah, because I'm kind of thinking like my first album, I don't want to come out of the gate too hot. I'd want to do some pretty like easy listening, like walking down the street kind of music, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I'd call that record Casual Sax.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. But then I'm thinking for like round two, the sophomore album, I need to get like a little bit more intense, right? Maybe even some like heavy fusion saxophone Uh action that gets a little bit more, you know, in your face, a little bit more intense. I'd call that one rough sacks okay (laughs) right Mm -hmm. and then i'm thinking you know after that after such an intense album you need to do one that's like a little bit more low-key like maybe some like sultry like sexy romantic ballads and stuff for your next album to kind of like you know ease them down you don't want to keep them riled up too much so it's kind of like i'm sorry for getting you so fired up with that last album so that's why i would call that one makeup (laughs) sacks
1: so we got what do you think casual sacks rough sacks makeup sacks
0: that's right Hmm.
1: are you gonna do maybe like (laughs) a easy listening uh version for like you know maybe those times when Uh you just need to be quiet to make sure the kids don't wake up and call it quiet sacks
0: Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. That's a really good idea. That, could, that one could just be like a really mellow one. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that, man. And then I do a live record called Sax with the Lights On. I don't know. <laughs> I think I've milked this idea about as much as I can. Welcome, <laughs> dead and lovely listeners, to the only horror movie review podcast. It's the only one. Don't Google that. Stay here and listen to the show. Trust us. It's the only show. It's the only podcast, for that matter. It's dead and lovely Here with your best buds, it's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. And
1: me, your bad buddy, Hollywood Steve. Let's go burn down a shack.
0: Oh my God, burn down a shack? Why would someone do something like that?
1: I don't know. I got this lighter and my old man, he ain't
0: nice to me. (laughs) Therefore, burn down the shack. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And we're here today to be talking about Mary Shelley's Frankenstein from 1994, if I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. right? Ah, uh, 94. I remember it as if it was only a meal ago. <laughs> I was definitely rocking a mad bowl cut. I was rocking some Jorts, going to church every goddamn Sunday. I, was, I wasn't going to boy. church.
1: I was I was rocking Jorts though. This oh, yeah. is November of 94, so boy, I would have been getting ready for a Thanksgiving at my at my great-grandmother's house. She would have definitely said a very long prayer during which she would have cried. Classic. Uh, me and my cousins would have probably um, been watching some WCW wrestling on her television. Mm-hmm. She was a huge WCW fan, loved Ric Flair, and uh, also loved. Oh, what was his name? Oh, damn it, uh, Johnny! Johnny, be bad. Mark okay, yeah old character that is definitely <laughs> racist. It Ooh, was yeah. definitely some blackface. Um Ooh. but she was she was a big fan. That that's what I would have been doing around this time.
0: <laughs> the times they were good and I miss them and we're going to be talking about all that stuff Plus, catching up, talk about what we've been watching this week, drinking some Co beers, and so much more. But if you just are dying to hear our thoughts on Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, there's a timestamp for you. It's down there in the podcast description. Don't go telling us we didn't give you one. We gave you one. It's right there. It's right down no there. No charge. No charge.
1: Wait, I hmm, I did put a charge on that. Maybe that's what people are complaining about.
0: Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. it's like is it one of them? You pay $0.99 time cents. Cents and then, oh. yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that could be why they're riled up in those iTunes reviews and stuff. It very Yeah, well could that be. does
1: make sense.
0: Steve, I feel like we just did this the other day. It feels like it's just been a moment since we cast it.
1: Yeah, just two days ago, we we uh, recorded the uh, episode that came out last week. Uh, mm-hmm. had, a, had a bit of a, a quick turnaround to... Uh, if you heard last week's episode, my my grandfather died, so there was yep, yep, yep. you know some some things that delayed. Yesterday was the the burial, uh, and Ben, let me tell you, when I got there, my mom warned me that my grandfather's preacher was um, a yeller a hollering oh, type old yeller he's called huh a barker and uh my brother told me if this bastard starts yelling i'm leaving
2: <laughs> and i was like yeah
1: yeah me too man I, i'm not i'm not here for it uh and apparently they had asked him not to yell so he didn't but he was he was very animated um for a funeral.
0: <laughs>
1: fired up man yeah. maybe
0: he had some some green tea that morning or something he did
1: i was standing next to my cousin shane at one point we both just looked over at each other like what the fuck is happening this dude was going off about hell and all sorts of shit at one point he said jesus is gonna put the undertaker out of business and i didn't even know they were feuding <laughs> i really at that moment like really wish i had on my phone the undertaker's theme and could have just had it play and see the look on that some bitch's (laughs) face
0: he'd have turned around like real slow with the big Uh dinner plate eyes he'd have been shaken man yeah (laughs) honestly i don't know if that's exactly the plan because to get to jesus you do have to die right
1: yeah you do but uh he was talking about the resurrection you know hmm then uh, blah 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 etc it was all sorts of uh, all sorts of like (laughs) every moment you could tell he was like really fighting off like hollering and stuff like he was (laughs) he was really getting into it oh man it was something and it was so cold that we were I, i can't even imagine the religious people were not thinking like, all right, let's wrap it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's go, let's go ahead and get here so we can get back in the car, turn the heat on, all right? Right. Yeah, I've just been to a few of that particular kind of of Southern funeral. I assume this is a Southern thing where it turns into a fire and brimstone, yelling and hollering and getting red-faced kind of thing. And man, I'll tell you what, uh, let this be my will and testament. Don't want one of those. No nope. Pass.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, Mm-mm. do not want that. Hey, you know what? I, I don't uh, much care for the idea of a funeral, but uh, get drunk as hell and talk about me. That'll be fun.
0: That sounds right. Talk some shit, too. Yeah, I don't
1: give a fuck. I'm dead.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to recommend, like, gathering up all my, my journals from when I was a teenager and reading them and making fun of me laughing <laughs> yes, about
1: it, definitely. And, like, finding, uh, finding the dick pics on my phone and laughing at it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think
1: that's all a really good just, way to remember it. Just have to my wife me. weigh in on it and be like, you know, I always thought it was too small, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have a good time. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that's a way to do it, man. Well, that that sucks, man. I hate that you're having to go through all this stuff, you and your fam.
1: Honestly, uh, at this point, it's like, I mean, my grandmother, um, my grandmother's religious, and uh, he was religious, and my grandmother was saying it after the the burial she was like i mean i i'm not too sad about it he lived his life and uh he knew where he was going so he wasn't too worried about it all right um and that's all i needed because i was already feeling that i was like i mean if you if you believe in um heaven or whatever and you believe you're going there and you've lived 65 years with your wife you've got to see your great-great-grandchild uh, uh, reach the age of 16. Like, you, you're yeah. really, you're not expecting to live forever. So, True. Yeah. So, to me, it's just like, okay, cool. It wasn't a tragedy. It was, uh, you know, I, I thought about the people in my life who have died, and most of the time it was like a car accident or like a cancer at a young age or something where it's like, this is a tragedy. Like, so much life to to be lived. Um, At a certain point, it's like, no, this was a life well lived. Reach the finish line, man. Yep. You
0: know, I'll tell you what, though. If if I do got to have a big old funeral, one request I would put in is like, you know, you have the the mournful march with the pallbearers holding the casket and stuff. Uh I want as soon as as soon as my homies pick up the casket, I want over the loudspeakers for them to blare. The Ultimate Warriors theme song and they run my fucking ass out of there. You have to run with the casket. (laughs) Shaking the shit out of it.
1: Your corpse is just flailing around, but like you're you're like buckled in for this very purpose. (laughs)
0: My loved ones are all crying and dabbing their tears. They're like, he would have loved this. He He wanted it this this, way. This
1: is amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Going out U-dub style. That's where it's at, man. Well, how's your week been otherwise, dude?
1: Uh, Well, I mean, again, it's only been two days. And um, I'll tell you what happened was I went to that burial. And uh, I spent all the other time researching Mary Shelley and Frankenstein. So (laughs) I haven't done anything except sleep and research and... That's fine with me, honestly. That's a, Word, man. a pretty solid use of a couple of days.
0: I think so. I think so. I, I've had time to watch a few things. If you don't hear about them, you don't hear about them? Yeah, tell me about them. All right, Dan. I'm going to start off with one that is in the horror genre, as we are a horror show. It's true. I watched through the 80s horror documentary, In Search of Darkness, which is one that you have
1: done seen, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I watched it. um. Probably last year, I think. I think so. The first part. I haven't seen the second part yet.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that just kind of came out like...
1: Yeah, recently. I think a
0: couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And I started In Search of Darkness one night. And because of the way it's put together, where it is just kind of like a film-by-film, like high points of the 80s, year-by-year, with some little like segments in there about special effects or women in the movies and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, it's one of those great ones that you can just kind of put down at the end of a chapter and pick it back up tomorrow Yep. Um, Because it's like four and a half hours long. It's really, really long. But it's so well done, man. Like, it's just a really fun romp through those movies with a lot of interviews and trivia about the movies and stuff and great soundtrack. Like, it's put together really well. And they got a lot of, like, iconic 80s stars and shit in there, too. So it was a fun watch, man. I definitely enjoyed that. And we also watched The Producers the other night, the one with old Gene Wilder and stuff in there. Yes.
1: Yes. What'd you think? It's a
0: good time. It's always a good time. I've seen that one before, um, two tree times, couple two tree, and it's always a joy to rewatch. Fun time, yeah. I love and it. we also watched a documentary last night for Docu Monday called "Fake Famous." This is on the the Hubo. I think it's on the Hubo Max, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Hubo Max, okay. And
0: it's just basically about like this project where these filmmakers wanted to see if they could make three random people instagram famous based mostly on bullshit right and it's the kind of thing man where you know it's all based on fake it till you make it essentially but it's all these people that like want to be influencers whatever the fuck that means right and they essentially make these people famous by purchasing bots to send them you know follows and stuff and send them comments and all this jazz which is very very easy to do you you, you can
1: very much tell
0: yeah oh yeah podcasts
1: out there that have way more followers on Instagram than uh, they have put time into possibly having those followers.
0: Oh sure, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and those those followers leave great comments like "very nice, so talented."
1: <laughs> it's pretty fucking easy. It's to embarrassing, spot. honestly. Uh, f- yeah from from a certain perspective, it's embarrassing because it's like I, I, it gives you it would give you a false sense of where you're at as a oh yeah as like a brand or whatever it would give you this false idea that like you're doing extremely well when in fact uh, doing extremely well in podcasting doesn't really have to do with instagram followers i mean it, it helps it helps it helps everything helps social media it helps but uh it's about your content.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. And they basically, like, go through this process where they're doing all the, like, like fake photos and stuff where you just, you know, you, you have, like, a toilet seat that looks like a airplane window. And you put that around, like, a poster of clouds. And it's like, oh, I'm on a private jet. Like, right. Just total bullshit. They're doing everything fake. And the crazy thing is, too, man, is, like, where they're at in L.A., there's all these places that know that people are doing this on purpose. And they have fake airplane interiors that you can rent to take photos in they have fake gems that you can take photos at. like fake everything it's just so stunningly vapid and fucking stupid man and it was kind of cool to see too how like the three people that they chose to be part of the experiment reacted to it because one of them was just like oh yeah fucking you know put money in my hand I'll advertise anything this is great like really love the whole branding influencer kind of thing right Uh one guy was just like yeah this is not what I signed up for he's like I have a, a clothing line and a music thing I've been working on I'm really trying to do something good and literally influence people because I have big ideas this is fucking whack and it's yes. fake you know and he like deleted all of his posts and shit
1: good call because yeah, it is exactly. fake and it, it it's not engagement even if you get the real following, like, of, of people seeing your numbers and being like, oh, I follow accounts with big numbers, those people aren't real. They're not engaging. They don't care about your content. They care about yeah. following people that will follow them back or following the right people so that they can get follows. Like, it, it, None of it is about the actual content you're making, so it never translates into you you know, making your clothing line actually make an impact. Right, man, right.
0: It's just so strange, the spot that we've ended up with with social media and how quickly we've gotten here, man, and it really got me thinking. I made a post about it earlier on on old Facebook over there, but Uh (laughs) especially in, like, the guitar community... There's people whose entire career is based around putting up 30 to 60 second long clips of them playing something, you know, crazy on guitar, Uh, especially like they call it Neo Soul playing, just like this really kind of elaborate, cordy, jazzy, strummy kind of thing. A lot of people like spend so, so much time making something impressive that fits into a 60 second Instagram clip. Uh Uh-huh. And I really got to thinking about it after we were watching that documentary last night. But it's like, dude, in 30 years, people aren't going to scroll through your celebrated no. Instagram account and relive your 30-second compositions.
1: Shit on the internet disappears.
0: Yeah, exactly, man. And that's the thing, too, is, like, especially with the newness, relative newness of Instagram, we don't know how long that's going to stick around. I mean, we thought MySpace was going to be forever, for crying out loud, you know? Right. Right. So it's like, there's a lot of people out there that have invested so much of their life in making these 30 second long Instagram things that aren't songs, they're just clips. You know, there's no full song. It's just them playing a little something that's cool. And then for all we know, the next generation is gonna decide Instagram is the lamest thing ever because their parents and aunts and uncles use it and the whole thing just drops out. And it's like, then where does your content live? If you haven't made an album or documented real music in some way where does it go and you'll have invested so much of your life into making instagram clips um don't get me wrong some people do it and they love it like and if you get fulfillment out of that if you love the creative confines of like i have to do something cool and only have 60 seconds to do it more power to you it's not what i'm interested in doing though
1: there could be a use for those things i mean people could find creative ways to turn that into something more
0: yeah, it could go on a commercial. I mean, you can purpose it for things, you But know? that's
1: exactly what you would need to be thinking about beyond that. You'd have to yeah. be thinking beyond those 30-second clips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to Talking Definitely. Business with Ben and Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Follow us <laughs> on Instagram, by the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need the followers. Yeah, we'll take them. No doubt, man. But yeah, it just kind of got me thinking about it, man. It's a good documentary. It's worth watching. Um, And, and again, it is also just stunningly vapid and... Just stunningly easy to become famous. You can just sure. really buy anything you want.
1: Sure, yeah. You can you can buy views um, on YouTube and oh, yeah. quickly become a, a large uh, channel, but not really have an audience.
0: Yeah, but not have an audience, man. And that's something that, like... I mean, I'm definitely proud of of the stuff that I've done and the stuff that we've done, which has been 100% organic. I've literally no, yeah. never put... A penny into growing anything, uh, I probably could have a penny
1: to put. I, yeah. I honestly <laughs> like, from my own perspective, the show does now. Though we have we have accrued some pennies, uh, but they are better things to do, like buy a nice microphone or things yeah, like that. Stuff to just make, make the make content, the content better. better. Yeah,
0: exactly, man, exactly. So I'm proud of the fact that we've done everything organically, and uh, that's just the way it is. That's the bottom line, because Ben Cold said so. Hell yeah. I think that's a good signal to crack open a cold Ooh, one. What do buddy. you think?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I've poured out a, a little beer here that uh, you handed yeah. to me the other day. It's an urban artifact, so I'm excited.
0: Ooh, they make some nice things. Yeah,
1: grapefruit Goza.
0: A 4.3 percenter. Just a little tart boy, huh? Yeah,
1: it says here, this Goza is brewed with 150 pounds of grapefruit zest in each batch. That seems like a I'll lot. I'll tell you
0: what. That probably took a
1: while, man.
0: Uh, Zesting a lemon takes long enough, much less 150 pounds of grapefruits.
1: Yeah, I bet they got a machine or something.
0: I hope they pay that machine well and it gets benefits, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I Uh, have myself a Vestmala Trappist Ale. This is a triple, which means it's got a ton of booze in it. It is a Belgian ale that has 9.5% Alcohol in there. Rich, gold, and triple. Brewed in a Trappist Abbey under the monk's supervision. Brewery income is used to maintain the Abbey, and profits are donated to charity. How nice of them. This thing is looking beautiful, man. When's the last time you had yourself a good Belgian beer? Oh, it's been a
1: long time since it's I rock while. and rolled with a Belgian. <laughs> um, I think it, probably you... Probably gave me one at some point along the way, and we've tried it on the show, and that would have been the last time probably man beer giver bin is what they call that's me. what they call you so i'm gonna I'm gonna try this out now I love grapefruit i yeah uh, I'm an absolute grapefruit fan I'm not a uh, sugar on the grapefruit type of guy I like the the fruit as is, so yeah, let's just go. the
0: way the Lord made it. I have a feeling you'll enjoy that beer it has a nice grapefruity kind of bitterness to it. It's a little bit tart without just, like, turning your face inside out. And since the ABV is nice and light, it's Ooh. quite crushable, as the kids say. What do you think yeah. about that?
1: This is very grapefruit in a good way. It's like grapefruit juice. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's amazing.
0: I'm wondering when they're going to make a Grape Nuts beer, Steve. We're doing all kinds of crazy stuff with beer. We need one with Grape Nuts, and I want it to have whole Grape
1: Nuts floating around in it. Oh, <sighs> <Ugh>, gosh. <laughs> what for? <laughs> Well, how would you do that to yourself? I bet there Dude. is a grape nuts beer now that I think about it, though. That seems like something somebody would have been like, you could probably make beer out of this. Right?
0: I wonder what kind of like industrial waste was repurposed and packaged as grape nuts. Cause like clearly nobody set out to make that. That was a side effect of making <laughs> something else, right?
1: Made grape nuts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> made teeth breakers, made uh morning gravel, they could have called it is that way isn't like, that? Are you fuck? talking about
1: Captain Crunch now? Oh, that's the old uh mouth shredder right you there mouth shredder there, shards oh just God, stabbing man. the top of your mouth
0: <laughs> could you imagine though here's the thing you're trying to be a responsible breakfast eater, you've heard grape nuts is healthy for you or whatever. you have a big old bowl of that, you step outside your front door and you get hit by a bus. and as your spirit floats away to the ether you're looking down on earth and you're going the last thing I ate on this godforsaken planet was a bowl of grape nuts (laughs) like you just fucked up man. (laughs) don't do that to yourself
1: that's what it should say on the box grape nuts you just fucked up
0: (laughs) (laughs) it should be like printed under the flap so when you open it up that's the first thing you see you just fucked up (laughs) warning do not eat before dying (laughs) you'll regret it (laughs) it's everyone's favorite post-mortem cereal
1: you know ben there was something i did watch recently that i forgot to talk about and should talk about uh because it's you know people were talking about it for a few days there uh, a couple weeks ago it gave them something to talk about yep a little mystery to figure out uh willie's wonderland I heard tell of this. With that Nicolas Cage. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Boy, I found that movie boring. Was it? I thought so. Some people are way into it. Um, To me, it seemed like Nicolas Cage was there for a paycheck, uh, which is honestly what it seems like a lot of times Nicolas Cage is in movies. (laughs) Uh, He was there for a paycheck and to experiment on being a character that doesn't say anything. Oh, so he wasn't
0: even like really needed for the for the role is what you're no. saying. No.
1: Uh also, I'll just say this. Uh horror goes out the window when the main character's too cool. Hmm, okay. It's not horror at that point. If they have no weakness, if they're just cool all the time. It's not I mean, think about it. The coolest character you can probably think of that maybe somebody's like, "But what about Ash?" ash is a dork ash is not cool yeah and he gets his ass beat like all the time exactly and screws up all the time so are you telling me i should abandon my hope of a good fonzie horror movie yeah i don't think fonzie's well see that's the thing though is that too cool anybody who knows about fonzie knows he has weaknesses uh true he can't say that he's wrong Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. riddled with stds his office is the bathroom that's not good (laughs) i mean he never even admits it think about that guys uh like meet me in my office which is the bathroom and um he's never like you know what this is a problem i should stop doing this
2: Mm, yeah yeah
1: yeah (laughs) but i don't know man Willy's wonderland just it seemed super formulaic in a lot of ways it seemed like the movie was enamored with the fact that they had cast nick cage and it was really just like how cool is nick cage <laughs> right and it's like yeah what if the
0: whole thing started though where like somebody somebody that had worked on the set of a movie with nicholas cage is like dude i got his phone number i dare you to call him and pitch him a movie it'll be hilarious just i don't know just call him and pitch the first thing that comes to mind and this guy calls the number he's like hey i'm making a movie i thought you'd want to be in it uh willie's uh wonder uh, wonderland that's the name of the movie and nick is like all right i'll
1: do it but i'm not gonna talk
0: <laughs> yeah, and then they have to figure out how to make a movie, and that's yeah. how that movie came about.
1: Well, I the, hope that's what happened. The creature design is awesome. That is what... Okay,
0: what is it? I don't know anything about the okay, movie.
1: Okay, so uh, Willy's Wonderland is like a, like a showbiz pizza or, you know, Chuck uh, okay. E. Cheese with mm-hmm. the, the like animatronic band, and the animatronic band is the... They're the, the creatures. Um, and it's, you know, it's got it had comparisons to five nights at freddy's
0: yeah i was gonna say isn't that like five nights at freddy's
1: yeah um but the thing is that like it it's different in a lot of ways five nights at freddy's better but uh it's uh i i would say like it's disingenuous to think that five nights at freddy's is the first time anyone has ever thought about those animatronic puppets being creepy right like we all thought they were creepy
0: we all thought they were creepy yeah, yeah. so we wanted to play the arcade games and skee-ball i yeah I, the I, band.
1: I think the connection is obviously like yeah creepy animatronics but willie's wonderland's its own thing its own idea uh and the animatronic stuff the the creature design is really cool i loved that uh, especially like the there's like a ballerina type of creature that really awesome design um but anyway beyond that is though the story is just very formulaic and you know exactly what's going to happen and it's there's not really a feeling ever that nick cage is in danger like mm-hmm. ever <laughs> At really any point which is kind of like okay so if he's never in danger there's no tension then
0: hmm that doesn't make for a very uh very tense movie does it no
1: yeah but it is i mean the things that people like are i guess nick cage crazily pounding these things to death with objects which is it's shot in such a way and edited in such a way that I couldn't get into it
0: hmm all right. Maybe I'll give it a spin some time you know, when it's late night and I don't have anything better to do. A lot
1: of people love it, and I'm glad they do. I'm glad they, that people are enjoying it. I, I just couldn't get into yeah, it. Yeah, it
0: seems like I've seen a lot of people that really got into it, but yeah, I don't know. You and I usually see pretty eye-to-eye on stuff, so probably not going to be for but me. I either. mean,
1: our pal Brandon Suttles, uh, I, I know he liked That's it. That's
0: true. That's true. He likes things that are nice.
1: He does. That's true. Hmm.
0: I'll tell you what's nice. This fucking beer is fantastic. Very good, man. Yeah, this has, like, a lot of that nice spiciness that you expect from a Belgian ale. Uh, I think because of the booze content, it leans more towards boozy and less towards sweet, which is totally fine for me because, like, those big old sweet Belgians, dude, if I had one of those on the show, I would be asleep by the end of it. I'd fall asleep (laughs) in my fucking chair. Those things put me out like I just took a fucking Benadryl, dude. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is a little bit drier. It's quite nice. Now, Steve... The subject of today's show. Do you know what it is? You know what we're talking about?
1: Um, let's see. I think we're uh huh. were we supposed to I talk know. about No, there's something. Some it was somebody's something for sure.
0: Yeah, somebody, somebody's somebody's something, something steen. Something like steen, yeah. Everybody's
1: favorite. <laughs> Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. The, uh, the
0: tale of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. That's right. One of our one of our prime examples in literature of man playing god going to the depths of science trying to steal fire from the heavens the modern prometheus and things don't exactly go right and this is a tale as old as time and i'll tell you what beauty and the beast it's a tale that don't usually end very well but it does make for an entertaining that's right i'll tell you that steve i say before we get to the movie review ski let's just go ahead and take a little detour into the dark and stormy Preview Palace. Who are you to welcome me to the Preview Palace?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who am
0: I? Do I have a soul in the Preview Palace? Do
1: I have a soul in the Preview
0: Palace?
1: I didn't work <laughs> on my De Niro impression. I'm sorry. Oh, that's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even try. I, it was, just I was just like, I'll shady just do a man. grumbly voice. That'll try. It. Maybe do it.
0: <laughs> a De Niro impression is really honestly like... Eighty percent face. It is, let's be honest. yeah,
1: it is. It's a whole lot of face and, and like gestures and like head movements and exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> so on a podcast, yeah, it just doesn't falls translate. Flat.
1: But also, I wasn't doing any of that, so oh, I could hear it though. I could hear your voice. It? Oh, good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. And Steve, I say we give these Bustas our top five favorite man plays God movies. Now, this is a very broad. Definition, Because we were talking about this. It's like, okay, you know, scientists, man playing God, animating life, creating life, whatever. Right. You could put RoboCop in that,
1: kind of. Sure, sure. Though the focus of RoboCop is more about, you know, Uh, corporate greed and uh, how not really the point a corporation's uh, desires will never be reined in by morality and stuff like that so yeah not exactly the point of the man playing god more of the Mm -hmm. corporations destroying the world type of thing and then they're all corporation-y and then they make money Mm. that's how it works (laughs) you do evil stuff and be corporation-y and billions
0: yeah billions obviously Mm -hmm. tax cuts Mm -hmm. and of course you know there's a lot of other movies that do fit into this in a weird way you could say flicks like moon for example or maybe even the prestige sort of dabble in this absolutely
1: definitely but
0: i think we tried to kind of narrow it down to the ones that are a little bit closer to home in terms of man creating life in an irresponsible and crazy old way well we didn't really do that no not really but it's close enough it's fine Let's just go with it. <laughs> and if you don't like it, we'll give you a full refund on what this podcast costs you to listen to. How about that? Huh? Hope you saved your receipt, jackass.
1: <laughs> I mean, most of them are fit that, right? Most of them fit yeah, I that. I think so. Yeah, so that's, think so that's mostly right.
0: I think so. Okay, let's kick it off here with one that came out somewhat recently. It's a serious sci-fi film that has quite a lot of the star war acting cast in it i'm talking about x machina. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. machina 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 mm-hmm,
0: that's right machina it's actually pronounced
1: x machina machina
0: Mm-hmm. this is a
1: good ass movie it is a good ass movie i'm a big big fan uh that oscar isaac dance scene is amazing amazing yeah but uh, yeah, it's it's got all the good questions about you know life and uh, artificial intelligence and what makes something uh, uh, human and uh, whether or not uh, you should create an artificial intelligence that can feel human.
0: Yeah, and then even if you do, what should its quality of life be like?
1: Yeah, it's uh, uh, these it's are all hard questions. questions.
0: We're going to have to deal with these questions sooner than we fucking think, too. I'll tell you that. Like, I know that stuff like that seems like, wow, crazy sci-fi. He made a robo-woman. This could never happen. (laughs) It's going to happen really soon. Yeah.
1: It'll it'll be way sooner than we expect.
0: Yeah. And if we don't start pondering these things now, we're going to have some very fucking hard times whenever the robotic revolution begins.
1: Yep. Whenever data starts asking questions. Yeah, that's right. That's when shit gets real. Am I not? Human, and then we'll be like, huh? Oh huh?
0: shit, oh huh? uh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> had thought about this before. Shit, should have prepared. Damn it, <laughs> let's go watch X Machin again and try to review and learn something.
1: <laughs> you just see a whole bunch of people gathered around the TV watching X Machin, they're like, All right, taking mm, notes yes. and stuff, and do
0: this, don't do that. Right. dancing, got it. That should help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really cool house. You put them in a cool house, they seem to like that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a cool one. It's a deep movie, man. It's a pretty heavy-duty flick.
1: Ben, we got another one on the list that is about scientists creating <gasps> life. How dare they? Pulling it straight out of the amber, Ben.
0: What are you talking about? Are you talking about? Are you talking about? Wait,
1: what is that? Is that? That's Jurassic <clears throat> Park's music. ba
0: Game shit it's a dinosaur holy shit what the fuck
1: jurassic park is about Dude, i mean man playing
0: god i know and this is like what michael crichton really based his entire career off of is like man does science stuff it goes bad yeah. michael crichton jerks off with hundred dollar bills like that's his entire life yep and honestly it's all very reflective of the stuff that mary shelley was looking at in frankenstein where it's just like wow what what disaster man's science hath wrought playing god bringing back the dinosaurs not the having dinosaurs. another dude on on staff that works the computers other than newman like that that was the one guy that, <laughs> that one was guy
1: all you had you Come couldn't on. just like hire a couple more people
0: yeah i mean dude what can we say we did jurassic park on the show as a wild card a little back while in the back day, yeah And it is a very, very, very silly, fun episode. There are some theories that we have about Jurassic Park that (laughs) nobody has explored, and they're absolutely real. Uh, Jurassic Park is... You know, they want you to think it's about science and stuff. It's not. It's about how women and lesbians are going to rule the world because man refuses to catch up and adapt to new ways. That is literally what the movie is about. It is.
1: And go check that episode and find out how we made that make sense.
0: Exactly. Because... It really does.
1: That sounds crazy just saying it right now, but
0: no, really. Like, that's what it's it's in there.
1: It's for sure in there. Ouch,
0: my dino head.
1: Ouch, my dino head. But yeah, (laughs) I mean, Jurassic (laughs) Park, you know, it explores the uh, just because you can doesn't mean you should sort of uh, concept that goes along with these playing god uh, tropes and any sort of Frankenstein narrative or a thing like that. It usually is about... um, Maybe not necessarily the scientist being mad or evil, but the scientist being driven beyond um, the moral and ethical uh, bounds that they would have normally set just out of their curiosity or sometimes like with Frankenstein out of grief, but in uh, Jurassic Park, really just out of curiosity and desire to make it happen. Yeah, dude,
0: it's about that and lesbians and because it was right. made in the 90s it's also about fuck lawyers right and a you lawyer gotta
1: have a fuck lawyers statement in a 90s movie <laughs>
0: yep it's not a boomer movie <laughs> if that message lawyers. isn't in there yeah yeah that's how you know a boomer made it is if there's something the, bad about lawyers in it
1: the, uh, it's affected an entire generation of people and obviously it's propaganda but like I, it it is so rare for a defense attorney in a movie or television to be a good person. Yeah. So true. the the presumption is every single person being tried is guilty and defense attorneys are slimy and trying to manipulate the law to get a criminal off. Like, i don't know steve i remember being a
0: kid and being in my mom's Aerostar van and listening to rush limbaugh and he was telling us about right <laughs> that woman sued mcdonald's because uh, hot coffee spilled on her would she expect to happen
1: right yeah yeah they, so they, they weren't keeping lawyers. it at an extremely high temperature
0: uh i don't know though rush limbaugh made a good point maybe yeah. if she hadn't been such a cow this wouldn't have happened
1: Right, yeah. Thanks. Maybe
0: she was pretty. This wouldn't have happened. I don't know. Is that what I he mean, said, Rush said it. That
1: does sound like he probably it says does that sound like about it. Yeah, any, probably. Yeah. Anything involving a woman, he's yeah, probably yeah. immediately talking about whether or not he'd have sex with her. Like, like what (laughs) dude i'm telling you man disgusting fucking dead walrus
0: yeah fuck rush limbaugh dude and fuck him for convincing like our well i don't know about your mother but like definitely my mom and other moms from this generation that being a feminist was somehow an awful thing like he they took it from a man that being a feminist was something that only horrible people do
1: i do remember they used to have a rush limbaugh show that came on after the um conan Mm o'brien and i remember um it was a summer i stayed up late and i had watched conan o'brien and it came on and the thing was anita hill uh as a a feminazi Anita Hill was was the person who accused uh, Clarence Thomas of sexual harassment and he very much sexually harassed her. And now he's a Supreme Court justice for the rest of his life. Anyway, um, I remember that immediately as a kid being turned off to it. Just immediately like, no, what is this? Like, this is (laughs) fucking wrong. Like, there's no way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that dude can eat shit in hell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Welcome to the Preview Palace. Fuck Rush Limbaugh. (laughs) Yep,
1: forever and always. (laughs) Jurassic Park. (laughs)
0: Yep. (laughs) That's what we
1: were talking about, right? Jurassic Park. (laughs) What's another uh, uh, man-playing-god movie, Ben?
0: All right, the third one on our list. These aren't really in any kind of order or anything, by the way.
1: Picked five that we liked.
0: Yeah, we're pulling them out of a grab bag. What you know about a movie, what was based on a story, what was written by one... Harry Potter Lovecraft. <laughs> What's called Reanimator. What do you know about that? We got all West in there up Great. to no good.
1: Yeah, Reanimator is is an awesome film. Uh, we'll have to cover it sometime, hopefully in the near future. Maybe I think we do. Maybe next month even. Who even knows? Maybe we do. Maybe it was
0: my idea and I suggested it and then forgot I suggested it because <laughs> I texted you late night when I've been drinking and stuff. <laughs> I was like, we should do reanimator. And you're like, you dumbass. <laughs> yeah. We are.
1: This yeah. is your idea. And I'm like, <laughs> you, oh yeah. You texted me. We should do reanimator in another movie I won't mention. I don't want to give everything away. Yeah, right. yeah. But uh we should do reanimator in this. So I was like, okay, fucking done. Wrote it down on the schedule, sent you sent you a text, done on the schedule. And then that's today it. you're like, we should do Reanimator. And my brain's like, <laughs> what the fuck, man?
0: <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man, drinking Ben gets social. And if he has a phone in his hand, that's it's social. It's getting texty, so, yeah. Yep, it's getting texty in here, man. So, yeah, we'll be talking about Reanimator in depth soon on yeah. the show. But I watched it for the first time, actually, just a few years ago. And I was really surprised by how silly it is like it's a fun funny movie even though it is based on a you know a cosmic horror lovecraft story
1: right yeah and the story itself is not very funny
0: <laughs> no yeah. no but they portray it in this way that's fucked up and funny and uh just a good silly 80s good time so i'll look forward to talking about that one soon i've never seen bride of reanimator but i've heard it's
1: like just as good right i have not seen it so maybe oh. i'll watch that whenever we talk about Well, i definitely will watch that whenever we talk about reanimator get it get a perspective on it but yeah mm. reanimator i mean you know it's a pretty much a a frankenstein type of t- tale just totally the idea of overcoming death um you know just a different way of doing it i think um if you go back and read herbert west reanimator the the hp lovecraft it's it's darker and And whatnot but uh the movie is awesome so fun
0: yeah it's a good time man it's a good time it's almost as good as this delightful beer that i'm sipping on and i'm gonna tell you what steve whenever i get down to the last few drops of this Uh uh-huh they're gonna they're gonna flow down the sides of the glass like tears in rain which reminds me of another movie that we put on our list that's a good transition right yeah yeah solid i know duh I'm talking about Blade Runner, Ridley Scott's motherfucking Blade Blade Runner. Now, we had a little chat about like, okay, does this fit into this category because it is about the Tyrell Corporation creating sentient life and the quality of life they expect out of these things and how... Obviously, some of them don't even know that they're fake. I think that definitely gets into the
1: Blade Plain God, God territory. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's more human than human. How real is real before you are considered human? So that's why I think it kind of fits into this list, right?
1: Sure. I mean, we'll wedge Question it in mark? there. We'll wedge it in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Blade Runner's a classic. I mean, if I got to convince you to watch Blade Runner, uh, go watch Blade Runner. Why haven't you? There you, you go. If Ridley you Scott, haven't seen Blade Runner, yeah, you
0: might be reading redneck.
1: Yeah, it's uh, one of the greatest movies of all time. Gorgeous. Uh, check it out, Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. I don't want Harrison Fjord I don't want to assume people haven't seen it. So, like you know, as as you said, it's about replicants, and uh, it's it's really about that concept of like, you know, what what is humanity, and what um, how can you even be sure that you're yeah you're human you know how can you really be positive like in this world where artificial intelligence is not a a theory even anymore like we we're really inching closer and closer and closer towards something that may become sentient uh probably not in our lifetime but you know in our lifetime the earth is going to turn into a scorching hellhole, so I don't know how <laughs> y'all have fun with that one. Yeah, youngins. I don't know how likely it is that we'll get to it, but whatever.
0: What in our idea? What in our idea? Just saying.
1: But uh, yeah, it's it's like just a just the concept existing has always fucked with my head. Like the concept of it is possible that somehow you could not be human, like. Like I think it happens in a lot of people's heads especially like if you feel like an outsider or you feel different than everybody else as a child that like this sort of idea can totally fuck with you as a kid it did with me a lot of just like am I real?
0: (laughs) how would I know if I wasn't? it's like I've only ever had this experience so...
1: so like yeah and that um you know yeah that that movie is just amazing just awesome oh
0: yeah oh yeah and just aside from the the philosophical um you know topics that are covered in there kind of like ex machina like beyond that it is one of the most gorgeous movies ever made it has one of the sickest soundtracks ever made the soundtrack in there is just absolutely fucking awesome like 80s uh, well, really, late 70s, like Synthwave uh, Nirvana. Fucking amazing. By uh, Vangelis did the soundtrack that's in the movie. Although there is a version with a different soundtrack, I think. God, I want to say by Tangerine Dream, but I might be wrong oh, really? about that. Yeah, I, I might be that. totally wrong about that. I might be thinking of a different movie, but there is a version with a different soundtrack. And uh, it's fucking awesome. And I'll tell you what, if you've never watched the Blade Runner I think the theatrical cut's the best. I've watched the the final cut, you know, whatever the, the real final cut that Ridley Scott put out was. Yeah. And I think it's way less vague about Deckard and his identity and stuff. I think it's way less vague, and I think that makes it less good. Like, I really love the ambiguity of the original cut. So if you're going to watch one, I recommend the OG, the, OG, the one the that came out cut. in the theaters. It's a good one there. Now, Steve, the last one that we have here on our list is one that you suggested. Yeah, this is the
1: one that breaks the list a yeah, little. Yeah, this
0: is kind of an oddball. Because it's
1: not about creating life. But
0: it is about dabbling in the matters of man and time as though one were a god. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Tell them about it, Steve. It's Back to the Future too. Why Back to the <laughs> Future too, Steve? You say? <laughs> Why not just Back to the Future? Well, here's the thing. Back to the Future 1, Doc Emmett Brown's express desire is simply to observe the past. That's science. That's, true. That's not man playing God. Uh, time travel's not God's domain, as far as I understand from the Bible. Uh, so, not a problem. But, but, back to the Future Part 2, he finds out Marty's kids are dicks, so he's like, well, we gotta change that. So now he's changing the events that create the future that he's in which creates an alternate future and it fucks with all of time and reality now that oh, is yeah. dabbling in the domain of a creator <laughs> so
0: i'm pretty sure yeah i think you've gone too far at that point mr doc brown are you really a doctor i'd like to see your credentials
1: <laughs> <laughs> now back to the future 2 is not a uh, a great movie as far as like the all of it making sense but i love it i do oh love yeah that it's movie. a blast yeah
0: yeah it's totally a blast. i mean hoverboards mm-hmm. all that stuff man i actually it, it's love the one third one forget. too
1: i know people hate the third one. Oh, I, in the old west just a western. yeah for me it's just a western with a time machine in it
0: i need to see it again like i have only seen the second one one or two times and i've definitely only seen the third one one time but i did recently re-watch the first one which Still update awesome. is still a treasure still, still, still so a fucking good. treasure yeah.
1: man still looks good uh, so too.
0: maybe i should go and re-watch two and three at this point
1: yeah yeah i think that's a, a good call just because so, like two is one of those where as a kid you just love it and you don't really question much of it but oh yeah
0: it falls apart really falls fast apart
1: real if quick when you start thinking <laughs> you really about start it, thinking about yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah that document brown was he was meddling in god's affairs Yep, that's right.
0: He went too fucking far. But you know what? Maybe we went too far with our list, so I would love to hear from our Dead and Lovely listeners what your favorite playing God movie is. There's probably some good ones we overlooked right here. Maybe you need to tell us about them over there on that
1: Facebook group. Yeah, facebook.com forward slash deadandlovely. Head on over there and let us know. Uh, We're... we're On that thing all the time, just interacting. So Yep,
0: and so are all kinds of other cool people. That's true. Just like you. You're a cool kid. Be somebody. Be one of the cool kids. Hang out over there on the dead and lovely Facebook group. It's a good old time. You know, Steve, there's a little something that I'm looking
1: for. What's that?
0: What you looking Mm, for? I'm looking for an opportunity to hear myself and the other half. Of the world's greatest podcast and duo, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about Hollywood Steve. I'm looking for a place that I can listen to us somewhere else. Hmm.
1: You know what? Just recently, didn't we just totally bang another podcast?
0: Oh my god, we yeah. did. We opened our up open our podcast. podcast relationship. Yeah, yeah
1: that's yeah. right. Yeah, we 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 uh, we banged uh, Ben and Greg and <laughs> Neon Brainiacs.
0: That's right, we sure did. I wonder where people can find that podcast so they can listen to us talk all kinds of mad, ridiculous shit about the movie Pieces, which makes total sense.
1: It's absolutely the most normal movie ever made, and we talked yeah. about it over there on Neon Brainiacs, and guess what? Their episode on it comes out this very day. That means you get a double shot of you boys today.
0: Is that why whenever I I woke up this morning, I opened up my window... And there was an old rich man across the street that also opened up his window and he yelled out to a little street urchin kid, Young boy, what day is it today? <laughs> that is why and that happened. And the little urchin yeah. kid was like, It's the day that Ben and Steve are on Neon Brainiacs, huh? and he said, Oh, a cooked goose for everyone.
1: Wait, I didn't Is get, that why that happened? I didn't get my cooked goose.
0: Okay. Well it's it's you know, it's limited to the neighborhood. It's, it's there's county restrictions and stuff like that
1: oh okay right and age restrictions and certain certain jobs are gonna get the geese first
0: yeah exactly yeah uh you need to sign up for when you're gonna be on there we're on wave one b of geese distribution right now i think you're probably down around the fours yeah our
1: goose will probably come sometime around june
0: yeah, pretty much. It's not even going to be enjoyable at that point anymore.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go but listen to But you can to listen episode.
0: to us on, on Brainiacs. <laughs> <laughs> be sure to tune in to the show available wherever you're probably listening to this podcast. Meow Steve, the subject of today's episode is none other than Marie. Shelley is a from France in nineteen hundred (laughs) ninety-four. Yes,
1: well-known French person Mary Shelley, (laughs) (laughs) the Frenchest name of all time. Obviously, Uh man,
0: obviously, this is a movie. What came out way back in the day, Uh and I actually remember watching this movie. When I was a kinder kid. I yep, didn't really watch, too. you know, really any horror movies back then when I was a kid. But for some reason, this was at the house. It was on... It was probably probably on TNT in like an edited version or yeah, something like probably. that, honestly. But I remember watching it and it making me feel really weird. Like, I remember thinking it was very sad. Like, obviously, I knew nothing about, you know, the actual uh, story of Frankenstein or anything. But I just remember being like really bummed out by this this poor, ugly dude who has all these scars and stitches all over his face that didn't yeah. even ask to be there. He's not even supposed to be there today. This is like clerks. <laughs> I just remember it making me, like, really sad. And I remember thinking, like, he really wanted somebody to be around. And um, it was, like, years and years and years and years until I watched it again. And actually, I watched it again last October during Halloween, and uh enjoyed it and now we're back here doing it again today and i was excited to rewatch it again even though i had just seen it recently because i kind of like this movie like yeah dude, me too it elicits a lot of fucking hate from people a lot of yeah, people it's not well like yeah. this movie yeah dude and, and i, we'll g- talk I about get some why.
1: of those yeah. things yeah but it's, yeah some of them i also yeah the same same thing as a kid i saw it and i was like I hadn't seen a Frankenstein movie. I'd only seen the Frankenstein character and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, this is the first Frankenstein movie I saw. Well, I would have been a teenager by the time I saw it on video. Um, wow, yeah. And uh, really hit with me because it has some, has some good emo moments for a, Very. a, yeah. a young teen. <laughs> some good emo moments really hit with me at the time and actually kind of warped my perspective of what Frankenstein should be so it, it mm. took me a while to appreciate the older Frankenstein movies but now I definitely do for what they are but also when I read this novel I've, I've read this novel twice for different um, classes in in college and and written papers on it I loved it so much and was like yeah this is like the movie that I like Now, wait
0: here. Just a second. You're telling me you had to read this book for several classes in college. Are you confessing right now on the show that you went to mad scientist college, Steve? Were you studying to become a mad scientist?
1: All right. I have... Get the torches. I have lied in the past and said I went to the University of Tennessee. In fact, (gasps) I went to Ingolstadt where I studied mad science. Um, Wait,
0: okay, this is coming together because you always told me after that you went to UT. It was actually University of Transylvania, wasn't it? Yeah, I
1: was studying. I uh, knew it. Yeah, I was getting my doctorate in uh, vampirism uh and you will <laughs> and free forget animation. that you will forget what i just said so huh? what what did yeah. you say no, where am no, I? we were just talking about me going to the university of tennessee knoxville which, oh okay yeah, yeah. go vols <laughs> go vols uh so yeah no this is this is a book that um it uh you know the, the movie tries to stick pretty closely in some ways to the novel while also like Having a lot of acknowledgments of the various Frankenstein adaptations in film. So Mm -hmm. it, um, to me, is, I know it's like anathema to say, but it's my favorite Frankenstein movie. (laughs) But I understand that it's not the best Frankenstein movie as far as like filmmaking goes because this movie is too long, has too many side. bits that don't need to be there for a film yeah yeah. um it is oftentimes staged very much like a play very much yeah uh there there are problems with it but because it sticks so closely to the book that i love i i love it okay so this is going to be
0: interesting talking about this one because before we get any deeper into the movie i feel like i should clarify that i am a uneducated franken moron (laughs) i i really did mean before we got to this movie to maybe read the book, which I haven't, or maybe it's watch the short. original. Yeah. Or even like watch the original, like Universal Monsters. That like would have legendary confused you more
1: probably. <laughs>
0: really? So yeah. I've never seen them. Like I've never seen any of those. So like this and Young Frankenstein and like other silly shit, like, you know, uh, Monster Squad and stuff like right. that. That's about as far as my Frankenstein experience goes. You're right in saying though, like when we were kids, you just knew Frankenstein. Yeah, like none of us just had read the stuff. book when we were kids. Yeah, right. most of us hadn't seen the movies. It's just like Frankenstein is like Santa Claus. It's just like a character that exists, even if you don't know why or where. And
1: we didn't even have negative, fe- like Frankenstein wasn't scary as kids. Yeah, he was, he was like in a like bad guy. cartoons and stuff, and it was just like okay, yeah, yeah Frankenstein. And it's still that way. Like I-, I feel like Frankenstein is not really the scary. Creature that uh, he may have been in the 1940s uh <laughs> films, but or 1930s that is. Let me give you a Frankensteinication. Okay, Frankenstein-ication please do. Frankensteinication for Ben today <laughs> on the pocket is the bed.
0: I'll give you a musical counter and give you a feed me Frankenstein. Yeah, there we go. Your favorite, well, Alice you action. love Alice yeah, Cooper. Yeah, my favorite, <laughs> greasy pizza. God, I hate that fucking song. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I I do love this book and I do love Mary Shelley and I I want to. Uh, <laughs> Why do to you marry her?
2: <laughs>
1: I mean, once I start talking about her. It may you may get the impression that I'd be down for that. Uh oh. <laughs> anyway, so Mary Shelley. Okay. She is uh, the daughter of a couple of famous folks. That um, I I don't I don't want to talk too much about the people around Mary Shelley to describe who she is because you could easily mm-hmm. start talking a lot about Percy and. And uh, everybody else in her life, but uh, y- you have to talk about her parents to get a concept of why Mary Shelley was w- who she was. Her okay. dad was William Godwin, who was a political philosopher in the you know seventeen nineties to eighteen twenties area. Was really when he was most popular, but um, he was the first modern proponent of anarchism. Look out! Yeah. And her mother was Mary Wollstonecraft, who's one of the founding feminist philosophers.
0: Oh, damn, man. So she's got a setup of just two crazy, nutty, revolutionary parents.
1: Exactly. She, these are people, I mean, this is a time, I've talked about it before, the 18th century is extremely, extremely interesting. And people need to really understand the 18th century uh, to to comprehend that, uh, that, uh, we, we've we regressed a lot. I don't know what you're talking about. Things are totally different now. I don't need to study that old stuff. It already happened. The 1700s were different than you may think. I mean... I could point to the Marquis de Sade's writings, and a lot of people would easily say, like, oh, the Marquis de Sade is an aberration of the time. No, he wasn't. Uh, Very common of the time. They party like freaks back then.
0: They just got done building the pyramids. Everybody was like, party in the 1700s. (laughs) Yep,
1: that's how history works. Just got done building the (laughs) pyramids.
0: But oh no there's a woolly mammoth let's run away from it and right away on this brontosaur it's the 1700s <laughs> party and have weird sex like makita sod <coughs>
1: um it was a time of revolution you know the american revolution 1776 and the french revolution uh, yeah
0: they invented fire i think 1795 <laughs> they
1: got fire around and Jeez, uh, <laughs> that must have been big it was a it was a time of science uh as reflected in this uh book and it was a time where uh, people talked about revolutionary ideas and there were a lot of uh new ideas going around about uh marital relations and you you can see it in religious uh sects that were popping up in europe and in america of uh different types of uh either plural marriage uh of communal marriage everyone all being married of uh no one having sex at all (laughs) just all these various uh different ideas about sex and and people wanted to form utopias and things everyone was Mm. trying to get away from the modernization uh and the you know society of the time they wanted to get back to something primal and anarchic and then you have mary Hmm. shelley who loses her mother uh who died 10 days after mary shelley was born of um, an infection from from the birth and she's she's raised by her dad and then a stepmother who she didn't really get along with and then uh she meets the romantic poet percy shelley and uh she loses her virginity to him on her mother's grave. Because That's so fucking goth, man. Was there like a Sisters of well. Mercy
0: song playing at the same time? I'm sure there had there to be.
1: Was. I'm sure there was. <laughs> she, That's so
0: fucking morbid, yeah. dude.
1: <laughs> she was a badass. Uh she Wow. So Frankenstein came about. I've talked about this a couple times on the podcast, but I'll retell this story. Frankenstein came about from Basically, a storytelling contest while vacationing in the summer of 1816 um, at Lake Geneva with Percy Shelley, Lord Byron, and John Polidori. So these and this are, was like,
0: was it during or right after the year without a summer?
1: It was during, I believe. Yeah. So okay, it was like yeah. super dark and rainy the whole time and they, did, you know, couldn't go out. So yeah, um, they
0: hadn't invented summer by then. Yeah, tragic. summer
1: hadn't come around yet. Even as fire had just been invented, and they were like, maybe if we put it in the sky. Um, oh yeah,
0: it wouldn't <laughs> be until the 1980s when MTV was invented, and they made the MTV Beach House that they invented summer. Yeah, that's how. It that's went.
1: what. Yep, and that's when they also invented uh, uh, tampon soaked in vodka, stuck up your butt,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the world really? has never been the same. Yeah, man hath gone too far. <laughs>
1: So yeah, she's she's hanging out with these literary heavyweights. I believe she hunts. was eighteen at the time. She's eighteen. Right. It
0: always goes back to Alice Cooper.
1: I it, wish it always wouldn't. does. And yeah, so they it shouldn't. They they proposed a a scary story contest, and they all basically went their separate ways and were coming up with different stories or or poems or whatever. And John Polidori wrote his vampire poem that is basically the first vampire representation uh in the english language and then uh she was struggling to come up with something but some conversations that they had been having about erasmus darwin who maybe you haven't heard of he is the grandfather of charles darwin uh, mm, i already don't believe in him steve i understand i understand don't a lot of people think that charles darwin just out of nowhere was like i think evolution uh no <laughs> i think <laughs> yeah no uh, his grandfather had already had some of those concepts and several other people had at this time in the early um 1900s so the these um are 1800s sorry Uh, They were talking about the uh, the electrical electromagnetism and and whatnot that was being uh, researched by Luigi Galvani. And basically, she had this idea of just like, you know, uh, this person using these new ideas and science and stuff to bring life back to a dead body.
0: Mm, so you're telling me she fell victim to the musings of this Italian sorcerer this spaghetti wizard if you will yes
1: a spaghetti wizard <laughs> and out of this came one of the seminal novels in science fiction and one of the most important novels in horror fiction ever how far written.
0: does man have to go to go from make it a pizza to make it a people mm. <laughs> fallen from the lofty heights of intelligence (laughs) yeah Uh,
1: (laughs) so (laughs) the thing is that um she she wrote this and then you know continued to live a badass life where her husband died in war and then his heart uh, was calcified when they burned his body so she kept his calcified heart wrapped in like printings of his poems throughout her she's life
0: like kylo ren that's a real kylo ren kind of yep. move huh
1: she's she's a she's a badass she was also a bisexual she uh this is definitely confirmed she wrote in a letter to a friend that um uh, after shelly's death that she got all talsy mousy for women which look out yeah uh, can't blame her she also had a friend uh who was a trans man uh though some literary experts and historians are always finding every excuse to try to erase trans or bi or lesbian representations in literature and say like no. oh there's other reasons why this um the the fact is that uh, sex and sexuality and gender have always been what they are and that is complicated and not as simple as male and female which by the way are sex and not gender i don't know how we got this conversation mixed up where people are <laughs> like science says there's only two genders science doesn't say shit really about gender that, yeah. that, that's more of a psychology that gets into gender because gender is a cultural construct and sex is uh not even just male and female we there're definitely variations between and intersex and all sorts of other genetic um. Formations that don't fit in a male-female. But anyway... Sure.
0: And lots of things that don't fucking affect you, so don't worry about yeah, them, shitheads. so shit just heads. shut the fuck up about goddamn... So, so just goddamn shut the fuck
1: up. ...Mr. Potato Head dick or whatever. Oh
0: my god, man. The fucking boomers is... <laughs> ah, <laughs> to... the worst. The fucking boomer posts I see about this Mr. Potato Head bullshit... Like, it's insane. Who gives a fuck, It's dude? insane. It is who insane. Who gives a fuck? In what way does what someone identifies as affect you... In literally any way, yeah. Who gives a shit, man? Uh, Let people be who they are. It doesn't fucking matter if it's not hurting anybody. I don't give a shit.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. So uh, that's that's a quick history on Mary Shelley, and of course, nice. the 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 Frankenstein that we see in this movie is much closer to the Frankenstein in the book. The Frankenstein in the book, he uh, learns to talk and he learns to read, and we're told the story a huge portion of the story through his perspective Mm, so um it leads me to a point that i have uh, made in the past on this podcast and always cut out Uh oh because Uh i always feel like i i want to save it for the right time and this is the exact right time and that that is to say that The person who always points out It's not Frankenstein It's Frankenstein's monster Has clearly not read the novel Uh oh You're hot taking the hell out of this thing Ouch Because the point of the novel Is that A creator can deny his creation Can abandon his creation But the creation still exists The point of the novel Is that Frankenstein created this calling it the creature the monster whatever you want to call it these are all things that Victor thinks about it it wants to know what its place is in the world and it comes to its creator because the book is about God creating man and then abandoning him and calling him evil
2: i don't think that
1: that's right that would be that's not in the bible that's not in
0: the bible no way there's no way that's
1: what it's about that's what the book is about and so quibbling that the creature's name is not frankenstein is really missing the point of the book that in fact if he had a name that last name would be frankenstein because his pappy is victor von frankenstein Mm, so damn. you're kind of denying the entire point of the book by always referring to it as the creature or the monster those are mm. not correct uh observations from the book he's made monstrous but the real monster of the book and of this movie is victor he's the monster he's the one that is the problem and needs to change and in this case it is in some way Mary Shelley saying, God needs to repent.
0: <laughs> you got some explaining to
1: do cuz she's a badass. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, do you know if she would
0: have been alive in the 80s? She'd have been all up in some Susie and the Banshees yeah. and the Smiths.
1: Uh-huh. All yep. the
0: good stuff, man. She'd have loved that shit. She would have
1: Yep. That definitely would have been her 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 bag. But now we we got to talk about the movie cuz okay, yeah. it's not about a book, even though it's, you know, an adaptation and it very much references the author which reminds us of the book.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is a Coppola move. Um maybe mm-hmm. maybe not because it's the kind of thing that like, you know, Coppola making Bram Stoker's Dracula a couple years before this. There's some there's some dispute about, like, did he call it Bram Stoker's Dracula because he wanted to honor the book, or is it because another studio owned the rights to the title Dracula?
1: Yeah, I believe him when he says that, because he had already done Mario Puzo's The Godfather, and that's... That's true, yeah. That's, but, like, I do I do see how it could also be a, a smart move to avoid uh, Universal's claim to Dracula and, and um, Frankenstein.
0: Right, yeah, and we're going to reference Bram Stoker's Dracula, at least I am, probably a few more times than I should, because obviously they're separate movies and stuff, but this was kind of like the start of a potential kickstart of the Universal Monsters rebirth. Bram Stoker's Dracula is one of my favorite flicks ever, and it's it's weird to talk about it that way, because... A lot of the things that I like about that movie are the things I don't like about this movie, which is really curious. And, and again, we'll get more into that as we go along here. But that movie was a pretty big success. So it seemed like a pretty logical step, too, to be like, all right, let's do the same thing, but with Frankenstein. And so they started working on a script with who?
1: With Frank Darabont. That's the man. Yeah. That's the very one. Now,
0: he didn't write nothing else good. Why should we respect him?
1: Well, he wrote Dream Warriors, so... I mean, I mean, that's pretty good. That's, okay. that's yeah. like enough. Yeah. I mean, I guess he wrote a couple other things like Shawshank Redemption or something. But You know, wrote, I guess that Dream pretty Warriors.
0: Good. Yeah, but Dream Warriors, come on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he also directed The Mist, which we've talked about oh. as well. But well, uh, right. yeah, that's Frank Darabont, right. you know, uh, you, you're bringing in a pretty heavy hitter who is adapting a heavy hitter. And it, it's uh, the originally the plan was for Coppola to direct like he was interested in in doing this movie as a companion piece to Bram Stoker's Dracula but he decided to step back don't know why but uh he decided to let Branagh direct and Branagh mostly had done uh adaptations of Shakespeare so yeah old Bill Shakespeare right so plays as films and I think you can kind of see that with a lot of the set yeah. design and stuff as yeah. this feels like a play as a film sometimes. But uh, yeah, the Coppola ended up regretting this decision to let Bray direct, and yeah. we'll talk about some of the reasons why. <laughs> but-
0: well, the thing is, is that, you know, it's very typical whenever a script gets handed over to a director for them to do maybe a little bit of buffing up on that script, rewrite a little bit, but apparently... Kenneth Branagh changed a lot, like a whole lot of the script, um, yeah. to the extent that Dear Bond, I think he's been quoted as saying, like, it's the best script I've ever wrote and the, the worst, worst movie I've, I've ever, ever seen. seen.
1: Yeah, Like, him said. and
0: Coppola both went out and said they, like, disavow this movie. Yeah. Like, they fucking hate how it turned out. Um, of course, I have no idea of what the movie was supposed to be or what it could have been. I'm just judging it for what it is. Again, yeah. especially as somebody who's never even seen the original Frankenstein, like, all I really know is what I'm seeing here. Yeah, I would love to know what was so different about the original script. Let, I wonder if there's a copy floating around that I could read somewhere.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I I would, I mean, there's a different universe where this is a completely different movie. I mean, one of the the changes Coppola wanted was basically to cut the majority of the first half hour and when i read that and went back and watched it i paid attention and there are 26 minutes there that i could see you could easily cut
0: now what do you mean are you saying you could do without them having that big sound of music scene up there in the alps where they're like let's fly a kite and get
1: electricity don't need it you're telling me that's not
0: essential to the story are you serious
1: (laughs) electricity (laughs) is not essential to the story i mean in the in the book the novel the electricity is not used to reanimate the yeah the... i just
0: learned so, this that that's a movie creation yeah
1: yeah what i the do hell? like what they did with it i i actually like cuz like okay a lot of the things that are changed from the book are nods to the different adaptations of frankenstein so since the uh, original 1930 uh one frankenstein it had the electricity bring or lightning bring him back to life. It's kind of you know nodding back to that and several other movies that have done the same. But it, it, you know it it's also done in like a weird steampunk way. Yeah, definitely. Fun. I, I like really like the design of that. the The pressure cooker design is also kind of a nod to the 1910 adaptation of Frankenstein, which wow. if you've never seen it, well worth your 11 minutes to. See some of the like ways that they were figuring out special effects back in 1910. Cause they mm. to to like do the creation, because again, the book didn't have the lightning and the lightning wasn't introduced till the thirties. This did kind of like a, a mystic thing where it just has like a, a cauldron. And I guess for the effect, what they did was they made this skeleton with uh uh flammable stuff on it, lit it on fire, and then uh played it backwards. So it looks oh. like this skeleton like rises up and like comes into like composition and stuff. It's really cool. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I like the I liked what they did with it, but it it's not. Yeah, it's not in the book, and I'm sure Darabont probably had a different idea of what to do there. But I I don't know. Maybe he he also had those nods. I'd like to see what the differences were because it's obvious that i would think he was probably sticking closer to the novel because that's uh, i read a quote where he was he said that like he was trying to stick close to the the spirit of the novel and and stuff like that so yeah. i would assume all those nods to the other movies are brana
0: hmm yeah it does make you wonder um i've not been able to do enough research to know exactly what all the differences were in the original script but yeah I know that that, um, Darabond said that it was supposed to really deal more with the dynamic of the creature and Victor Frankenstein both being monsters and kind of parallel those two, and he also... This is something, again, as somebody who's not read the book, I wanted to ask you about. He said that the book whispers to the reader but this movie just out and out screams at them i'm gonna disagree and that with was a him. problem that he had I'm gonna disagree okay with i want to know yeah, yeah. I,
1: I just i want to i want to i'm gonna prove my disagreement by reading passages of the book
0: whip it out man give yeah. me that passage yeah. you, you just rain that passage down upon
1: me so uh this is this is the creature talking about after the um the family uh discovers him and kicks him out and then leaves the the farm and he comes back okay. and in his rage burns everything down so i'm getting a little
0: story time here let me yeah. let me get my blankets and pull them up let me get my little nightcap on and just i'm just gonna snuggle into my little pillow here okay do you, now do you remember right, okay. in
1: the movie what it is he said while he was burning down the farm
0: i would have my revenge no that
1: was after <laughs> oh yeah Before, what did he say during nothing he says nothing okay so that's, that's quiet right okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is what the quiet. book says i like the archfiend, bore a hell within me and finding myself unsympathized with wish to tear up the trees spread havoc and destruction around me and then to have sat down and enjoyed the ruin have mercy. pretty quiet huh
0: i mean pretty he seems quiet. like he is he, he is wild as a cougar in a cage he has rage yeah. in his heart it sounds like
1: yeah and again uh it, it, this line gets kind of put into that ice cave scene but again he says it more quietly the yeah, book is yeah. not He's as like, quiet I rage, as frank darabont was saying but hmm. i i think maybe he found a way to do it more quietly that would have worked well and i can't disagree with him that it maybe if this movie was a way less melodramatic it would be better
0: yeah, that's kind of the thing that I wonder about, is as far as, like, the melodrama and the operatic over-the-top nature of this movie, which seems to be everybody's biggest complaints about it, uh, including Darban and yeah. Coppola. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck did you expect handing this movie to the guy that had just done, like, Henry the fucking Fifth yeah. and Hamlet and, like, all these way, yeah, again melodramatic shakespeare plays like what did you expect he'd come back with
1: so let me introduce you to alternate world uh mary shelley's frankenstein here are some of the people they considered for uh, directing and and some of the roles okay so uh one of the first people they considered was tim burton oh okay that got real goth real fast yeah i think it would have been terrible Tim Burton should not make a, a faithful adaptation of the novel because mm-hmm. he can't. Because then, no, then it wouldn't uh-uh. be a Tim Burton movie. You need, yeah, it would definitely not yeah. be
0: Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. It would be exactly. Tim Burton's. It'd Frankenstein be Tim Burton's Frankenstein, Burton's
1: Frankenstein which is an yeah. interesting movie, but we already have Frank and Wayne, so uh but yeah, I I I don't I don't think that would have been a good way to go, and that's probably why he didn't take it because it's like well i wouldn't make a faithful adaptation of frankenstein
0: yeah like it's a movie i would like to watch but it would not be an adaptation exactly
1: of i think it could be a great movie but yeah. not a good adaptation they also considered roman polanski ew ew the let's, child rapist roman let's polanski. never forget that coppola uh not only would still love to work with polanski but has uh, helped victor salva have a career after getting out of jail for Raping a child. so Yeah, he
0: seems to really turn a blind eye to mm-hmm. child rapists like yeah. Victor Salva and, and Roman, Roman polanski, polanski. Yep. Yeah. So
1: there's always that. Anyway. And also
0: his wine sucks. Don't drink that Coppola yeah, it wine. Is gross. There's so much better stuff to spend your fucking money it on. It's not good.
1: I do think if Coppola himself had directed this movie, it would be better. Oh um, yeah, absolutely
0: yep. so. Because I mean Bram Stoker's Dracula is so fucking awesome. And it yep. does have a really heavy dose of melodrama and operatic huge yeah. sets, costumes. Mm-hmm. Like that's what's really kind of weird about it is it worked so well in that movie, but then they complained about it whenever this movie came out and it was made by this damn Shakespearean powerhouse.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um I think yeah, I, I think that like what Bram Stoker's Dracula did was remain faithful to the novel enough but also made its own thing and i i i kind of want that like i i love i mean that this kind of does that because it's it's mostly the novel but it's got some adaptations that are really all just about the other film uh adaptations of frankenstein but it's I, I would be cool with, if, say, what we assume about Darbont's script is that it would be much more about Victor and the creature and their their interactions. Uh, if we had that, f- from Coppola's standpoint, in an hour and a half package, it'd probably be better. For sure.
0: Yeah, probably. Probably so, man. All right. Or if Dario Argento did it, maybe that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Give I me get...
1: that. Jeez. Can you imagine? All right, consider this, <laughs> though, Ben. We could have had Arnold Schwarzenegger as the creature. uh That's right. That's <gasps> right. He was considered. And you think I am evil? <laughs> I'm evil. Yeah. It actually I'm going made to go to the ice, right? <laughs> 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 It would have made some bit of sense, kind of, right? Because you'd be like, ah, yeah. so he speaks with a weird accent because... He, he, he just learned to speak,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly that's why he talks that way it makes perfect yeah. sense, um wow, especially in this era nineteen ninety four yeah, that's like Arnold Schwarzenegger
1: heavy Arnold Schwarzenegger like he's, he's oh, yeah. the top like they would have been putting all of their budget into paying him, but I mean not that De Niro didn't get paid, yeah,
0: but also too, like I'm quite sure that nobody in the fucking <laughs> late 1700s had enough nutrition to be as jacked no, yeah, as arnold that, was in 1994
1: <laughs> that would be an issue right yeah uh also considered gerard Depardieu. don't know how that would oh, okay. work out uh and andy garcia
0: andy garcia as frankenstein yeah as the monster yeah really?
1: it's the that's what what huh it, what? i guess he's been kind of hunky yeah but what exactly you don't want him to Why? play <laughs> <laughs> like, what would you do with Andy Garcia? It just wouldn't make sense. He'd be too handsome. Hmm.
0: De Niro is kind of an offbeat choice he to is. play he is. the monster. I mean, of course, by this time, you know, he was already typecast as mob movie guy.
1: Right. But I think he's
0: pretty fucking awesome. I think he kind of... I think he kind of acts his dick off in this, honestly. He does. I,
1: I love that he went all out and, like, all that makeup and stuff. Like, that's not... Dude. ...De Niro normally, so... I no, love it. love uh-uh. that he did this.
0: Yeah, and the way that they did the prosthetics and stuff like that on his costume, that had to take well,
2: an
1: forever. eternity every yeah. day, I'm
0: mm-hmm. sure, man, to put that, that Billy Idol lip on him. The Franken-lip.
1: <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> also considered for the role of elizabeth kate winslet i could okay. see that she's great how kate old winslet. was she in 1994 Then, well uh titanic came out in 94 right oh shit did it yep yeah i think damn pretty sure somewhere we'll around We put fuzz on it it on it came out later cuz my cousin could drive uh that was 97 probably
0: yeah <laughs>
1: stephen was wrong um anyway <laughs> also considered and and who kenneth Branagh wanted was his wife at the time emma thompson uh, who oh again? okay emma dame thompson. emma
0: thompson okay
1: love yeah. emma thompson uh Great. but she had another role offered to her and like they both kind of agreed it was a better role so she went with that and uh then he cast helena Bonham carter and then uh, dumped emma thompson and started a relationship with helena Bonham carter I, I. Yeah. He liked it. He
0: was getting out of his on screen pseudo sister so much that he was like, Yep. Uh, Want to leave the one I'm with?
1: Yeah, that's kind of dirtbaggy, right?
0: I mean, honestly, like I don't know much about Kenneth Branagh, I doubt we would be fast friends. Yeah. I think there's a reason he was cast as Gilderoy Lockhart, is what mm-hmm. I'm saying.
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, this this just blew my mind, and also like I couldn't stop thinking about what it would be. But Willem Dafoe was offered the role of Victor.
0: Oh, I'm on I'm on deck with yeah. that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah I'm that on board. That's insane. awesome.
1: Insane. And yep. also that makes me think if they wanted Willem Dafoe, that they definitely were. As I said, I, I believe Victor Frankenstein is the villain of the novel. He is the monster throughout. He is the problem. I think Willem Dafoe would have portrayed that better.
0: Oh, yeah. That would have been amazing.
1: Yeah. Uh, hmm. Also considered for press, Professor Waldman, the the role that John Cleese plays in prosthetics yeah. and is like, is that John Cleese? Um, yes. Yeah,
0: kind of unrecognizable. Yeah. He's so stony looking.
1: Sean Connery was asked to play it.
0: we're going to take the brain tissue out of the skull i kind of
1: just want to (laughs) go to the world i want to go to this mishmash universe where tim burton is trying to direct a faithful adaptation with arnold schwarzenegger as the creature willem defoe as victor and sean connery as the professor
0: I'm pretty sure this is an SNL skit. It's yeah. got to be, right? There's no way that would be this.
1: good. It would be so bad. It would be yeah. so bad. But Will, I Willem Defoe could have done the role really well. It just yeah, wouldn't make any sense for that cast to come together. Hmm. All right. Wow, <laughs> that's a
0: very different movie that this could have become.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it, this is what we got. And what we got is I mean, we both have already said we like this movie. But it's got huge issues, pacing issues, uh, just scenes that don't need to be, like for sure. There's man, no need for, sure. for them.
0: But you know what? I just I was just kind of thinking about this, and I wonder if the way that Kenneth Branagh was handed this script, and he decided to to play God and alter it and turn it into something different, that disappointed its creators did he just make this like fucking hyper meta did he (laughs) and direct this on purpose because i feel like he did right
1: he's like aren't you proud of your
0: creation and they're like no you
1: think at a certain point he found coppola's journal and he just read the exact stuff that he included in the script about the creature
0: i think so like this is making more and more sense to me the more i think of, and the fact that he put his you know budding relationship with helena bonham carter in the movie and stuff it's just like Mm -hmm. wow okay you're you're telling us like this movie is about the making of this movie
1: yeah i mean the one just got deep the one thing i can't fault him on that is overt but also like yeah i get it is how many times he's uh, without a shirt (laughs)
0: <laughs> that Branabod dude yeah, like i was it's, watching it's, it like last night and i was like man i want to find that Branabod workout vhs cuz he <laughs> was just strutting them abs strutting them Z- abs look at fucking great man
1: he uh I, I get it dude like entirely i was watching it and the like the first thought that hit my head was it was like obvious why he's doing that and then the second thought that hit my head was like so <laughs> like i probably would, I would too, too. why wouldn't you that you looks good you know yeah. you can't maintain that forever fucking capture that shit on film put it on screen i've only got these abs for a second <laughs> yep. oil me up oil get me, me on up. the camera Let's slide around with robert de niro that's that needed to be cut Cause it, does. dude. I
0: want to see the fucking bloopers. Give me that blooper reel of
1: those two <laughs> it looks guys like the roll bloopers. around and lube. It looks like the blooper reel in yeah. the movie. Jesus, dude. Yeah, that could have been cut because it just doesn't fit the tone at all. Like I got the kind of feeling of like the realness of it with the first slip of just like yeah. how you know it's it's visceral and everything. There's this fluid everywhere and everything. Yeah, but it just it's like a deer on happening. new legs.
0: <laughs> yeah, it happens a bunch of times, and I just really want you for our instagram page to to cut that scene with the music from the 90s slip and slide commercial slip slip and slide slip slip and slide Like i just want that, that over down. that scene yeah just go ahead and write that down you heard it here first you're gonna see it on the instagram soon birth of an idea right here this is a real frankenstein moment man this is the birth whoa, of whoa it's
1: alive
0: <laughs> yeah all of that stuff was just like okay guys like you just had like probably the most dramatic moment of the whole movie is what you signed up to watch it's yeah. alive right it's alive and then let's just kind of like slip around in this lube for a while Mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. all right he sure does give up on that thing pretty fast too he's like yeah. second thoughts go to bed oh no he's gone <laughs>
1: yeah it's well that that is very much the book because he really does in the book it's just like oh well off to sleep and then he starts having a nightmare about seeing the the face and then wakes up and then it chases him away well it's not trying to chase him away it's trying to you know uh, connect with another human that's like Mm -hmm. the whole thing about this the creature in the novel and in this movie is that all it's trying to do is just not be lonely It it didn't do anything wrong until everyone wronged it and its creator wrote. He read. It's like, sincerely, can you imagine? I, I don't believe in a God, but were there a God and you found a journal he wrote while creating you? And at the end of that journal, he basically said fucking disappointment could have been better (laughs) yeah it's like (laughs) two out of five wait so the entire reason for my creation is um nothing i'm a piece of shit gotcha okay cool (laughs) great
0: yeah that's brutal and that's really one of the most brutal scenes in the movie is when he learns to read and he's reading that journal Mm -hmm. you know that his that his father wrote yep and he comes to those realizations about you know the nature of his very existence and stuff because up to that point he'd just be like where the fuck am i i don't know where i came from yeah then you find out and it's like oh yeah failure yeah holy shit that's brutal
1: that's real brutal yeah like he he's and that's like my in the book my favorite parts are the bits and uh in the book the family is an immigrant family like uh they're refugees Mm -hmm. and they're learning english and so, like, there's, like, these English lessons that are going on where he's also, like, in the, the barn listening through the wall learning as well to
0: talk. Mm. I mean, maybe that's part of why I like this movie and this character so much is because I can relate to it so much because I didn't see my dad a lot when I was a kid, and I was homeschooled too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh frankenstein was homeschooled
0: he was, <laughs> he was exactly awkward like very socially awkward
1: yeah, exactly hey he can play an instrument doesn't even know why just like you remember how you woke up with them guitar powers
0: yeah I just like whoa where did this come from uh, here huh hey just homeschooled
1: that's crazy i never thought about it <laughs> yeah. but yeah like the, the, those for me in in the book that's and especially when he um you know does the things for the family and then like kind of has this interaction where finally someone cares about him with the the blind old man which you do see in uh Bride of Frankenstein and and, you know spoofed in Young Frankenstein but in this and in the book it's much simpler just you know him basically uh, being the first person to have a interaction and voluntarily not be repulsed by him and 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 want to have some sort of friendship with him and then he immediately loses it uh and it's devastating just absolutely devastating
0: it's very sad man those scenes in the movie i think are also some of my favorites um and are also at times kind of unintentionally funny in the ways that he's being like quote unquote turbo stealthy, like evading being seen as a lurching thing. Like over six foot tall giant guy in a black overcoat, uh surrounded by white snow. And like they leave that little thing out on the stoop for him for like the spirit of the woods. And he's like on their heels as they're closing the door getting it. It's like, you don't think they're gonna see you there, do (laughs) you? But then he has that moment that's essentially like exactly like what happens in elf where buddy stays up all night and, like does all the decorating and yeah. stuff he dug up all them turnips he for did him. Dug it's up just all a real elf moment uh-huh
1: <laughs> i think maybe elf had a frankenstein moment
0: but uh, yeah i think you're
1: right yeah uh, yeah it's <laughs> uh it's just like the the bit where you finally you know you get to feel a little bit happy and then of course the story going on with victor is also pretty uh a-okay everything like you know he's he's back home and back with elizabeth and his friends and he's he has he's, no real problems because he's fucking rich exactly exactly yeah. he's already abandoned the entire concept of everything that's happened and doesn't have any problems to deal with he doesn't start feeling guilt until he finds out that the creature is still out there and whatnot so it's he's just the villain like he he's absolutely the villain of of this movie in the novel and i think this i think this movie portrays that right i think like they they show him as somewhat sympathetic but really as basically disconnected like he's so rich and he can do whatever he wants like he has no limits and still doesn't take responsibility for anything he does.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's something I was going to ask you about. I was listening to um, another really fantastic podcast. I lied. There are other podcasts. What? Okay. There's one other one. It's called The Faculty of Horror. Oh, okay. They, and they were talking on, on their show too. about this flick. Yeah, they make a podcast. They uh-huh. make one. And they were talking about this flick on there about having messages about, you know, um essentially like class war kind yeah. of stuff, mm-hmm. which is a message I hadn't really picked up on before they mentioned it in terms of, yeah, you know, you do have this guy who is this upper crust, elite, rich, beautiful, blonde guy yeah. that accidentally makes this monster and then is just like, oh,
1: I don't want to deal with it, bye. Oh, I mean, <laughs> honestly, uh, his his absolute uh lack i mean like there's some attempts at intervention with justine in the book but not really like mm-hmm. he's so weak and ineffectual when he has more power than that he just it's like he he wants to appear as though he cares <laughs> like,
0: i know right yeah and i wonder if, if kenneth branagh meant to play it that way because this is obviously I mean, I think it's pretty easy to say, knowing what we know about the production and then watching the movie, it's pretty easy to see that this was a big ego trip for him where he's just like, it's the me show right. all the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Do you think he what...
0: was trying to craft it that way or was he trying to... Again, Gilderoy Lockhart does and be like, it's all about me. In fact, there's a scene where I'm supposed to be a teenager, but I just can't wait to be in the movie. So it's gonna be full grown adult me, even I think, though it looked like I could be my mother's right. uh, brother. <laughs>
1: like, what? Were you I, just I dying to get in the movie that bad? I think he's conscious of it because, like, I know specifically he uh, he banned the use of the word monster on the set. So like okay. he, he 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 is very much conscious that. That the creature is not the monster. That like right. he he's not the issue, it seems. Um but it may you know, maybe you're right. Maybe it is just like absent absent mindedly uh centering himself uh but accidentally proving the point Man, of the book or which yeah. it
0: further strengthens my my meta Franken direction theory, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Every misstep is just more evidence that this is what happened.
1: Yeah. I want to know what happened to that super strong Frogenstein he made. Oh, yeah? Remember oh, yeah, he, he did. Like he kind of made that little frogenstein And then it, like, kicks the Petri dish and it shatters and... It- <laughs> what happened to him yeah where'd he go what's his story did he also like find a journal find out he was a disappointment
0: oh <laughs> i wonder if he went out into the woods and learned how to how to be a frong by hanging out with some turtles and stuff
1: yeah and that makes sense. you know it's
0: like there's a story there i think
1: um uh, but going back to what you said about uh class consciousness and stuff and i mean like the book is very much aware of that that is uh one of the things that like when Frankenstein is talking about hiding in that that uh, barn and, and observing this family, he um, the I'll say the creature, uh, Frankenstein the creature. <laughs> uh, when the creature is, is is talking about it, he talks about how he observed that they were uh, sometimes very sad, and that he didn't understand why because they seemed to have everything that you would want, and then. Yeah. A couple paragraphs later, he says, I began to understand that the thing that made them sad was poverty.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. So that's pretty on the nose. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She, she was not hiding at all. A very clear social message of like, wow, man. Yeah.
0: Now, hang on. I thought money can't buy happiness,
1: Steve. It absolutely can it does up to a point it buys happiness it's a
0: lot easier to be happy when you're not worried about paying yep. your fucking bills or where your next meal is gonna come from yeah. y'all that's some shit rich people yep, made exactly. up to keep you poor
1: yeah to make you yeah talk <laughs> like that's exactly the thing where reading uh mary shelley's frankenstein in that moment if you know novels from the early 19th century especially you know a lot of epistolary novels they oftentimes would have the moral of Oh, it's okay that poor people are poor because they're happy. Uh mm-hmm. and so when you read that first bit it's like kind of a sinking feeling like oh no, Mary don't go that way and then two paragraphs later you got that it's because of poverty. <laughs> so she she <laughs> like she's like fuck all this other nonsense. Like this is why this is the problem and uh, I love that. I love that you know she she didn't give a fuck. She was she was a badass um but yeah th- this movie really does just show like because he has so much money and power he could do something about Justine in the novel there's a lot more time and this they kind of because I think they were probably thinking like one it's it's too long to have her have a trial and like she has there's like a false confession and stuff in it and like a whole bunch. There's like a couple chapters oh, dealing with so that's it. that's a lot deeper. Huh? Yeah, so I, at the very least, they edited that down. But in in the novel, that it does seem more to me like there's so many times where I'm like, but he could do more. He could, yeah. He he knows she didn't do this.
0: Now, hang on though. Now that you're pointing it out, I don't know. You are saying how stuff that happened back in the 18th fucking century is somehow relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, you're telling me that there's this rich blonde guy who is too self-absorbed about his own interests to do anything during the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> that doesn't sound familiar he to me, Steve. He was administering
1: vaccines. That was pretty cool of him. Wasn't wearing a mask, though. <laughs> uh also an anti-vaxxer <laughs> killed a doctor so that, that's true yeah. i
0: know dude i was watching this last night and i was like holy shit an anti-vaxxer killed a doctor we're gonna speak this it into the universe actually god
1: damn it <laughs> i might edit god this because by the time yeah. this comes out it'll be like anti-vaxxer stabs doctor what the fuck
0: <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> Pre- predicted on dead
1: and lovely horror movie As predicted on dead and... yeah that's what they'll say on msnbc <laughs> That'll and they pretty they'll be a good great review out for us on then.
0: iTunes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <be> like no. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, crazy relevant, huh? Yeah, yeah, they I mean, <sighs> that's the thing is that like you know, um pandemics have always been the same. Like they're always the exact same. They always last longer than you think they're going to. It's always about some selfish assholes, but it's also There's always a ton of people saying it's not really happening, but it's also always at the root of it that the people in power don't do anything to really stem the tide. In this case, they're giving out these vaccines, but uh, they're not doing anything to fix the problem of poverty that is causing it to spread like crazy. Right. Yeah, so and the rich people are escaping the city like
0: <laughs> how like life this is yeah. that go to
1: mexico <laughs> exactly it's uh, yeah wow um, nothing's different nothing's different nothing has changed uh it it's insane it's insane how much we have to keep repeating the same stuff because people for some reason i don't know what it is they really believe the history they were taught in high school in southern states in high school let me yeah. just tell you <laughs> I shouldn't. You should not. You were. No. I remember being taught about the war of northern aggression by my sixth grade social or his social studies is what it was t- teacher, talking about how the um, the South would have eventually given up on slavery anyway. So oh sure yeah, yeah sure. Uh mm-hmm. yeah yeah a lot of nonsense. D- research yeah. history and you'll find out that there's not much surprising going on, ever it's all the same nonsense I mean I was a teenager before I learned that Jesus did not in fact ride dinosaurs
0: unlike my science books told me so
1: <laughs> I can't believe that's real it's real it's fucking real I cannot real. believe that is fucking real that is yep. so insane
0: yep <sighs> Ugh
1: what <laughs> i do want to go to that creationist museum though i want I to do see, i, want I to wouldn't see. be able to contain my laughter though i would, I'd get, cra- be laughing I would get kicked out off. for laughing you know yeah It'd didn't they go happen. bankrupt though that's really funny too
0: <laughs> yeah i like that about it very much man Dumb i like that very much
1: <laughs> anyway mary Shelley's frankenstein man, yeah this thing's pretty gruesome
0: yeah, it's got some gruesome parts in there, especially where Helena Bonham Carter is concerned. Oh, wow. She really gets the 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 brunt yeah. of the brutality in this movie. She gets yeah. fucking Kano, dude. She does finish him. It is
1: brutal. Ooh, it is man. Brutal. Yeah, it, it is a
0: very convincing effect, and it's also too man. Like it's just surrounded by all this like lovey-dovey like it's our wedding night yeah. we're not brother and sister no more you didn't have to keep saying that that made it weirder thank you yeah but but brother remember we're not brother and sister anymore remember brother you must stop calling me brother sister oh fuck
1: <laughs> oh fuck me brother
0: yeah oh uh, no
1: <laughs> no not that sister, way no, please. No, no. <laughs>
0: i'll tell you what between all that stuff and then the 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 guy wrestling with the the corpse in the lube (laughs) this is somebody's porn let's be honest oh for sure this is somebody's porn somebody is jacking at watching this movie definitely during those parts
1: for certain okay so in the book elizabeth dies uh so in the book the desire for a mate is expressed and he begins to try to make a mate for him but abandons it and then uh the the creature kills elizabeth and then uh, uh victor begins pursuing him uh so there there never is an actual bride created but i'm wondering about that okay th- you know this is this is bringing in the bride of frankenstein which is a classic and uh, probably the actual best like Frankenstein movie um but it also like subverts that because Bride of Frankenstein is gorgeous <laughs> like you look at Elsa Lanchester in um Bride of Frankenstein she's absolutely gorgeous uh they went the whole other way with this they were like no she would be corpsey and and fucked up yeah reanimated like right yeah so i like here's the thing though okay so i was thinking about this
0: so obviously robert de niro rips her heart out very fucking brutal and then like i think even one of the more brutal parts is whenever like she rolls off the bed and she smashes her head on that bowl of candles and Uh shit oh god it's just so it's just 10 minutes in the box for unnecessary roughness (laughs) fucking brutal So then his plan is, okay, this body ain't got no heart in it. I'll cut her head off and put it in Justine's body, right? Right. But then whenever he puts her all together, like... She's got all these stitches all over her head and face like one eye is so shut and stuff like that. I think there's some extra scenes where he dropped the head a few times and it was kind of funny.
1: Oopsie days like you yeah, rolled down he some stairs saying. or something he was yeah. chasing it like come back come back come back. I bet there was a whole scene where he was like all right I'm going to have to take the head back to my old lab I forgot something he walks and he's like whoop immediately slips on the amniotic fluid. Oh fuck yeah, I forgot exactly. to clean up before I left.
0: Dude, maybe a banana peel like his assistant had left a banana (laughs) near the stairs and he, whoop, like slipped on it. Something happened because all that damage didn't happen to her head. No, it
1: didn't. He just took her heart. Yeah, there's no reason Also, why did he sew
0: her hands back on? She had, like, Helena Bonham Carter hands on Justine's body.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't all make a whole lot of sense. (laughs) Hmm. But it, it, it was cool. I mean, it's a cool visual. And, you know, that she like burns, like jumps into a fire to kill herself. Pretty oh, man. Yeah. Fertile. When she
0: shatters that lamp above her head, yeah. dude. Oh, it's fucking brutal. And it looks like it's like a really cool, I'm guessing animatronic shot that they made of her to do that shot. Cause it looks kind of weird. Like, it doesn't Does look it? like a person smashing hmm. the lamp above I didn't their notice. head. Like,. Yeah, it, there's something about it that looks like a little uncanny valley to me. Okay, but it's kind of cool because it would be an uncanny valley thing. She's a reanimated uh, amalgamation point. of corpses, so yeah, it would.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean that is, that is like um, that is central to Frankenstein, and often gets forgotten. Like how how Mary Shelley had taken this very simple concept of the the revenant or any other the vampire etc the the concept of a corpse coming back to life and how frightening that is just in general because it's yeah sure you know uh in the in the movie we see uh de niro is this like uh peg leg guy who has like anti-vax opinions and stabs a doctor and then uh is is hanged and then he's you know brought back with this completely different brain and now he's like immediately sympathetic like the character we saw before was not sympathetic Mm-mm. it's the same face it's the the way that like the frightening element of uh, a person coming back from the dead and not being who they are <laughs> it's uh i mean it it's it's there that that concept of a a body moving of uh of the soul not being there the thing that is a person not being there anymore but the body in motion it's it's a real uh just uh, i would say probably long-standing human fear especially back in in times when they would say have uh funerals and have fires lit in caves and of course when fire is in caves, you see a lot of shadows and things. It might look like bodies start moving. I would imagine pretty early that fear would be ingrained in humanity,
0: well, sure, well, it also all goes back to you know the thing you've talked about many times on the show about the idea of a monster. It's something that is yeah. has an element of duality to it. It's dead, but it's alive. It's two different people, but it's one person. It's this person's body, but this other person's mind and opinions like these are the things that the human brain finds monstrous is duality. And uh, you definitely get that.
1: Yeah. And I, I wondered because um, in, in this, I think they, okay. And this was, I think, a good bit of storytelling that was maybe even too subtle. I think they kind of set up that it's possible that when he first was brought back, that he would have just had the, the mind and, and brain of the professor, but he gets hit in the head almost immediately yeah he does get elkabonged yeah, pretty much I, immediately i don't i don't like i didn't know why that would happen but then i started thinking like oh maybe they're implying like oh he he forgets who he is so now this is like a blank brain like just kind of as an explanation as to why he doesn't have the professor's memories but he does seem to have these Connections to a past life. He can play that recorder without um, having practiced or anything. So
0: never had a single lesson.
1: <laughs> never had a single lesson. He plays it beautifully, I guess. If a recorder can be played beautifully.
0: I think the head bonk was intentional because you got to think about it. Whenever a baby is born, you slap it on the ass. Whenever a man is born, <laughs> you, slap you, him you smash him in the head. Yeah, you smash his head. <laughs>
1: that's what they say. If a yeah. ma- if a full-grown man comes out of a woman's birth canal, smash him smash in the, him head. On the head. Yeah, yep. for sure. This is the way. This is the way.
0: <laughs> and on the subject of of birthing and stuff like that, I think that this movie does play very heavily into the the horrors of of birth. I think that there's a lot of very clear parallels between, you know, the monstrous things that Frankenstein is doing in his laboratory and then we also see the very very brutal not fun scenes of like uh female childbirth in this with his mother giving birth in that birthing chair and just how yeah brutal and barbaric things were for for women back then which is fucking crazy i don't know how any humans got made back then i just don't get it
1: look at infant and mother mortality rates in the united states and you'll be a little depressed they've gone downhill
0: that's not good.
1: That's not good, no. We don't that's want to good. be in a situation like that, but we are in one.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's also part of the whole playing God aspect of the Frankenstein story is the the notion of this is how man would have to create life. It would turn out monstrous and horrific and fucked up Yeah. Um, if man decided to try to create life. I think yes. that that's a very obvious thing that's in this movie very mm-hmm. heavily. And also, too, like... You know, again, like the entire laboratory setup. There's like basically a big ball sack full of little wiggly things that go in <laughs> and create the life. Like, come on. Well, that
1: yeah, that and that is of course uh, Brannaw's riff. There, there are no eels in Eric in, uh, <laughs> Shelley's Frankenstein. Though it's cool. I like it. I like it. I think it's a cool thing. I really like everything they did with the design in his. Uh, lab. I just think that it looks, looks cool. really cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, we all know that electric heels are how Blanca was born in Street Fighter <laughs> 2, not Frankenstein. Why didn't
1: they turn him green, I wonder?
0: I know. Why couldn't he do a rolling attack?
1: <laughs> he never once bit anybody's <laughs> head. No, he didn't do it. none of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think there's something interesting to... Uh, be said about and this has just been talked about uh, regarding frankenstein in general about how this is um not just man playing god but man playing mother like eliminating eliminating women in the equation and the monstrous Mm -hmm. creation that would spring from a man's mind basically yeah yeah
0: yeah interesting and that's also something too i'm glad you brought that up because the way that the way that that as soon as victor frankenstein creates this monster and he's immediately like disassociating with it yep. and doesn't want to have anything to do with it yeah i think and again i don't think it's really in the original because this wasn't a thing back in those days that they had diagnosed and i don't think it was intentional on kenneth Brown's part but isn't there a great way to make a frankenstein story that's about postpartum depression
1: oh absolutely there's definitely you know? a way to, to angle that, sure. Yeah, I could see that That's something for sure. I kind of
0: picked up on on this one where I'm just like, oh, man, yeah. it's like he had the child and was just immediately like, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Yeah. Um, postpartum depression, a very real, yeah, very, very real thing yeah. that a lot of people don't talk about or realize well, is a real thing, which is very disappointing.
1: Yeah, I mean, people don't talk about it because they feel ashamed of it, and uh, they shouldn't, obviously, but it it's also hard to when you uh, your brain is b- being an asshole to you it's hard yeah. to not feel like shit about it so it mm-hmm. it just becomes very hard to talk about yeah i can see that i mean this this movie um this movie does try to channel mary shelley's kind of idea of the uh, of creation as an outlet for grief where mm-hmm. like she had, as we said, she lost her mother when, uh, you know, just 10 days after she was born. Uh, she had also lost uh, a child herself. And, you know, just this, this concept of, like, you know, wanting to have not lost people and working through in your mind creatively, like, why why am I wrong for this? Like, why should... Why should I not want that person to be back? Why should I not desire to pull someone from beyond the grave back into life? And and seeing, like, the horror of it. I mean, like, the the quote that they have at the beginning of the movie of her, like, talking about... uh, That is a a quote from Mary Shelley's 1831 version of, of Frankenstein from the introduction... Like, she's talking about wanting to create something horrific. Uh, There's a lot in that where she she is exploring grief through this horror. And I think the the movie captures a a bit of that. It's not as focused on it as the book is, but the movie captures a bit of that. And I, I can't say too much about it. Because uh, you know, Wanda, Wandavision is is currently still running, and a lot of people haven't seen it. But that is a central theme of Wandavision is oh. is uh, grief and creation as an outlet for grief. Damn! So, I look
0: forward to talking about that on a future yeah. episode of TV Test Pilots It's available for our Patreon
1: supporters on Patreon dot com forward slash Dead and Lovely. Uh, become a Patreon any level, you get access to that, but. Uh, this actually seeing this made me realize that uh, there is a bit of Frankenstein in Wandavision. So if you haven't seen wow. Wandavision yet, uh, look for it.
0: I look forward to checking it out, man. I look forward to checking it out. Yeah, yeah. This movie it does have some shortcomings and stuff. Like you said, the, the the pacing and some unnecessary stuff. A lot of the acting is is very turned up to ten. Yeah, but it's over the top. I kind of think it's intentional. Like I yeah. kind of think it's supposed to be this sort of like. Like almost silent movie era acting, but with sound. <laughs> if that makes
1: sense, I think uh, I think you're you may be dead on in some bit there, especially if you've seen the nineteen ten silent version. Like, yeah, a little bit over the top, a little bit melodramatic. Um, but also, same I mean, for the
0: soundtrack. The soundtrack is also very like it's it's not really leaving you much to the imagination. The soundtrack is telling you what's happening in the scene. It's very on the nose. It's good, but it's big.
1: Yeah it is big it is very big and and that's fine i mean it it could be i think it's frank Darabont saw something else in the book that i don't see i think the the quote i read you earlier it it, the book is a lot of that it is Hmm. oftentimes real big (laughs) and a lot of what the the creature and and victor say to each other uh, is, is very like melodramatic and, and large. And I, I think that they captured some of that just like uh, uh, in Bram Stoker's Dracula. A lot of like the big like kind of silly stuff comes from the novel. <laughs>
0: Dude, I was going to say, like, if you watch Bram Stoker's Dracula and you enjoy it and you say it isn't over the top. Oh,
1: you're way off. It's way you're over the nuts. top.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, it is not subtle no, at all. Like, but it's great. That's, and that's why I like it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, I love the fact that it is way over the top and the performances yeah. are nuts by every I mean, fucking Van Helsing in that dude is <laughs> beyond crazy. over the
1: top. But the fucking best. Fucking awesome. Yeah. I Yeah, I but think the best. I think there's room for that. Like obviously, like people people love opera. They love that melodramatic feel at times and I think it can work really well especially in telling stories that are set in uh you know the the 19th century or, or late 18th century. That's kind of how people associate with that era is they, they feel it that way, so it kind of helps bring them into it. Now, it wasn't that way. <laughs> I mean, people weren't going around talking like this, but it it, it helps the audience get into it, which is, I mean, you, you, you can be going for verisimilitude, but you really need to sell an entertaining product, and anything you can do to drag your audience into this already foreign to a lot of people era um do it so if melodramatic acting does that do it
0: i'm gonna disagree with everything that you just that said for you to a movie called a knight's tale look <laughs> it up
1: people you know what people do uh, like seeing some of that stuff too but i think a night's tale really <laughs> uh you know it, it's not it's not about the uh, trying to capture night age it's about a bunch of hunks right like isn't that oh yeah, yeah hunks and boxes thing. and Sh- shannon saw on and yeah yeah it's it's really about a bunch of attractive people <laughs> like many of
0: our greatest right. stories right <laughs> yeah i get why people don't like it i oh, i yeah, don't that's... think that you can knock on the like let's say costumes and sets i think that oh, those yeah. are pretty pretty universally liked it's a really great looking the makeup movie. awesome yeah fantastic Mm -hmm. uh again i think de niro looks really great i'm glad they didn't go with bolts in the neck green flat top you know um yeah platform shoes frankenstein i'm glad that they went this way that really does look like something that was quickly and brutally cinched together right from different corpses like it looks right like i love the fact that like his eyes don't match and shit like
1: yeah it's really cool yeah and one one eye obviously has like a an issue like it's had some sort of trauma to it because the the iris is is not circular yeah it's kind of fucked off yeah yeah it's cool i i, I love that i love everything they did with that and the way that they made um helena bottom Carter elizabeth look uh great yeah, was just great really good and brutal i mean when uh ian holm comes down those stairs just covered in blood i was like i remember as a kid just being like what the fuck
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he's wearing them kylo ren trousers up real uh, high like too. yeah yeah <laughs> it's just
1: such a I, I mean uh the gore and everything does such a good job because it's like so different than everything else we see with this like just really every you know everybody's dressed nicely and everybody's you know having their little dances and balls and playing harpsichords or whatever uh and you know we also have him walking down those stairs just covered in blood it's such a good juxtaposition
0: yeah yeah and the birthing scenes and all that other stuff too that are just like oh man really grimy and like the the interior of the uh the cities during the pandemic and stuff where it just shows you like hey not everybody in this time period was having you know fancy masquerade balls there were people living in squalor in absolutely the most
1: of them were. yeah most of them
0: yeah i get it for its problems i get why some people don't like it but it's kind of like what you said man there's enough stuff in here that i do enjoy where i still think that this is a good movie and a good yeah. frankenstein movie uh I, I i just can't help it i just can't help it i do enjoy it man if you're gonna stick a a, a numerical on this thing What's your final thoughts and rating on this? Well, safety? you know
1: the thing is, I I said it's my favorite adaptation of Frankenstein, though I don't think it's the best Frankenstein movie. Um, I I've said all sorts of positive things about it, but like, I mean, if I compare it to say Tremors two, I'd rather watch Tremors two. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a tighter movie. It gets to the point and it does exactly what you expect it to do. This is um. This is a movie I'll watch every once in a while and really enjoy certain bits of it and really just love De Niro's performance, but it's, it's got some pretty glaring issues, but for me, um, it's, it's a little bit above middle of the road because I, I associate very positively with it. I give this about a six and a half. Yeah
0: honestly I'm right there with you where it's like this is not one that I want to watch any old time Um, it's one that I might not even want to watch every Halloween or something like that but I will watch this again for sure and I'll look forward to it and I will enjoy it the next time that I see it again and I think it does a lot of things right and it does some things that are over the top and uh, definitely silly and over dramatic but again I love problem dracula for those exact reasons so i kind of feel like it's sort of a shitty complaint in this to complain about the very same things i love in that other flick you know what i mean yeah but that being said like i still don't think we have the frankenstein movie like the authoritative like wow this really sums up the book plus the uh you know the characterization of the of the creature and his struggle to love and
1: just doing it in an actual film format like really getting down to trying to adapt the book but make it a good movie like Mm -hmm. (laughs) figure out what you can cut because you can cut a lot of that i think without losing much like you learn pretty easily that victor is kind of weak in his convictions and stuff without having to see him as you said in the the you know hills with uh, the lightning and stuff or at dances or all that stuff like none of that is necessary to get the point
0: no no as it is the monster squad is still the best frankenstein yep. movie
1: there you go My monster squad fight me no you're right you're right
0: <laughs> but yeah i think at the end of the day i'm gonna give this thing probably like uh i'm gonna say like a six it's like a strong yeah. six maybe even edging towards a six and a half i gotcha. don't know Something like that. I think it seems pretty deserving for this flick. I think it gets a lot of unnecessary hate. Again, it's supposed oh, yeah. to be over the top. Just go with
2: it.
1: Yeah. I think it was just like uh one, it was ninety-four. And um this the, you know, the expectation is that follow-up to to Bram Stoker's Dracula is is gonna really hit a lot of the same like positives that bram stoker's dracula did that it it did a good job of adapting to the film format and stuff and this just missed on that and so people were disappointed i mean it made a bunch of money so a ton of people saw it so you can understand maybe their disappointment they were like i expected a better movie and not two hours of this yeah
0: yeah for sure so maybe one day we will get the right one but for right now i think it's one of the best ones personally yeah me too I think I'm going to need to allot some time to watch something fun like The Monster Squad after we watch the subject of next week's episode, which so. is a dark and brooding <laughs> movie. Mm-hmm. It is not a fun-loving romp. No. recently, When we did um, His House on the show, we talked about our, our Feel Bad hits.
2: Yeah, we uh, mentioned this This one. could
0: probably be one of them, yeah, because this is a... This is a brutal, dark, just dreadful movie that I think is amazing. Some people might not call it horror because it's not supernatural or anything, right. but holy shit, man, this it's movie scared horror. the fuck out of me, man.
1: Yeah. Uh, I guess and we, we need, need to, to talk, talk about, about, about it. it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we should probably talk about it. Who should we talk about?
1: I think uh, You know, there's a Kevin out there, I'm sure, that needs to be talked about. So let's Do talk about him. we need to talk, talk about him? We need to talk about, we need to talk about Kevin.
0: <laughs> all right we'll do that on next week's episode of dead and lovely i look forward to, to watching that again because i think i just watched it once in the theater and that's it
1: oh it's brutal i yeah i've only uh watched it the one time myself and um i you know i'm excited to go back because it's a great movie but not excited <laughs> to go back it is not a feel-good movie
0: no doubt. No doubt, man. So you guys be sure to check that one out before you tune in for next week's Because We'll be spalling it and uh, getting all deep-like into that movie. That's should right. be a good old time. In the meantime, if you want to help support the show, rate and review on whatever podcast app you're a using yeah. that allows you to rate and review the only podcast. They made podcast reviews happen because we started a podcast. It's the only one, so you have to be able to rate and review it. So Here, try please be sure out. to do that.
1: If yeah. uh, if for some reason you don't want to rate and review on iTunes, here's what you do. Contact your local paper. See if they got an entertainment section. Mm, Ask yeah. them if they want podcast reviews. I like that. <laughs> Write up a podcast review for your local paper. Snip, the, snip it out. Send it to us. I would be so happy to see that.
0: You know what I would love is if... Maybe someday somebody hires one of those planes at Myrtle Beach <laughs> yes. that flies by with the big banner on the uh-huh. back of it. It's like Crab Legs, Seventeen Ninety Nine. only it says Dead and Lovely Rate and Review on iTunes.
1: <laughs> I feel like we happen pretty we get. easily.
0: Yeah, That's what we're going to spend all of our Patreon yeah. money on, hiring that Myrtle Beach <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> to get to give fans in myrtle beach that would not work yeah. out for us they'd listen to half an episode and be like fuck these assholes
0: <laughs> pass me another bud with lime oh
1: god no <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so yeah, yeah be sure to do
0: that helps us out a lot for sure man
1: <laughs> yeah also uh we're on the twitter and the instagram at dead lovely pod uh yeah uh, we're we're all over the place on that internet uh, facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely uh also Friday Night Screaming Chat. We uh we get together, we watch uh a, a, a bad old movie, and then we uh well, it's not always necessarily a bad movie. We watch Blood on Satan's Claw, but usually it's a bad movie and we chat about mm-hmm. it and drink and have a good old time. So uh come join us.
0: There you go. Join us. Join us now. <laughs> you remember that it was like a credit union commercial that played on like Tennessee radio? Yeah,
1: I do. I think it was like TVA or something, actually, wasn't it? Yeah. Actually, I, I recognized it immediately, and that's why I, like, I, when you started explaining it, I was like, oh, right. Other people don't live here. Yeah. <laughs> like, why is he explaining this? <laughs> duh. It's a TVA credit Join us union. now. Duh. TVA credit yeah, union. <laughs> Come on.
0: <laughs> and uh, be sure to support the show on Patreon if you want to do us a solid and also get your movie of choice featured on a future episode. How do you yep. do
2: that?
1: patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely become a five dollar patron you get to throw a uh film title into the smoking bowl we randomly draw from that bowl once a month and then we review that movie you're damn
0: right you're damn right
1: so next time you listen to the show it could
0: be your episode if you start supporting us over on that patreon page be somebody you want some money trim spa baby for
1: anna nicole <laughs> anna nicole so uh, yeah uh, that's
0: right you heard it here first and be sure to tune in <laughs> next week to hang out with uncle ben Hollywood Steve and enjoy another episode of Dead and Lovely hope everybody out there is doing good go get vaccinated if you can and stay away from people until you can't no more yeah. drugs not hugs y'all drugs not get, hugs
1: get your drugs stay away from them hugs
0: uh-huh that's right and tune in next week for a new installment of Dead and Lovely
2: bye bye
0: So you know how sometimes you see something, and your mind goes through so many thoughts so quickly, and then you realize, like, you know, two seconds later, you're like, whoa, I created this entire bizarre story and situation in my head, even though that just happened a second ago. You know how that happens? right? Uh Uh-huh. So the other day, I was looking out my window, and I saw a truck driving by that... Was like a pest control truck, right? right? And I guess this company's slogan is Pulverize Pests. Okay. But in my head, whenever I read it first, I thought it said Pulverize Pets. Oh, no. And in my head, I was like, is this like a mobile service that'll come to your house and beat your pets for you if you need <laughs> them to? <laughs> <laughs> like, your, your pet misbehaves, and you're like, I'm calling the people. I'm getting the truck over here now. You're in deep shit. Your They're dog's not like no, you. No, don't
2: do it. No. <laughs> don't
0: call. <laughs> and, like, who are the people that work for the pet pulveriz- pulverization service?
1: <laughs> like, he, like, gets out of the truck. People? He's rolling up his sleeves. like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> this dude's serious. <laughs> he's going to beat a dog's
0: ass. Love your job. You'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> oh, no. Get over here, Fido.
1: you son of a bitch
0: so like dogs were the first thing that i thought of too as a dog owner but then i got to thinking about like people with pet fish like maybe this guy would just reach his big forearm down into a tank and grab a a fucking angle (laughs) angel fish or a beta and just like pound it
1: (laughs) slap it around some yeah i think so like
0: little finger slaps stop
1: headbutting the glass (laughs) you gotta behave you're gonna kill yourself
0: <laughs> come in here and punch this snake for me <laughs>
1: <Pets> <laughs> and he just my,
0: my cockatiel by the legs and swing him around some he's been bad got it called the pet pulverizers
1: that's awesome that, I, we need that <laughs> we need that as a at least a comedy short
0: but i think, so. I think
1: it could probably sustain an entire movie right
0: <laughs> You'd watch an hour
1: and 20 minutes of a guy just beating the shit out of people's pets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean seriously, like I thought up all this stuff and then like literally 2 seconds later I was like, "Oh, pests. pests Got it." Right.
1: Not that, yeah. Not, not that. Gonna beat your pets. <laughs> Got it. That's different. Cuz that doesn't make any sense.
0: <laughs> no. No. The human mind is a Strange, strange thing. It
1: really is. It's amazing. <laughs> and they use pulverize too, which is like, yeah, what is it? Do you, you're nailing him 90s into the ground.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> gotta slap the books out of some cockroaches' hands, I guess. I'm gonna pulverize you. What are you doing? You gonna give him a wedgie? What's... <laughs> Come on. You gonna give a spider a Indian Indian leg burn on all eight legs? <laughs>
1: oh shit! That <laughs> takes a while. And it's just like I guess it just. Waits because it's like oh no i can't fight this guy yeah he's a big bully
0: <laughs> it's like whenever you know like another wrestler's getting tied up and another guy's moving He just kind of stands there like i guess this is happening yeah i guess i'm doing you gotta i <laughs> like threw me against the ropes i gotta bounce off him i Man, have to such as life
1: have to, i have to come running right back at you with full steam so that you can close yeah. line <laughs> <laughs>
0: they're just being polite really yeah <laughs>